Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back for another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And two more f- finalists have been eliminated. Box said we are down to the final four. We are. Uh, good week of footy again. So, uh, well, three games to go. Yep. Not long left now in the NRL season. And uh, the Cowboys, the train just keeps rolling on. And as everybody knows, we start this show with our set of six, just uh, six topics, ideas, anything we want to speak about. Number one. I'm going to talk about that team that I just mentioned right then and there. I said it earlier in the year, and I stuck by it, and I stick by it now that it's been proven right that they deserved to be in the finals. I think they've well overachieved. Uh, I know they've got some veterans, some changes made, and things were good, but anyone that questioned when I said that they deserved to be in over, say, a Manly, a Panthers, a Canberra, or the Dragons, surely now you'd have to agree. And any of those teams to me couldn't have made it to a preliminary final. But I did say multiple times that I could see upset value in the Cowboys, and it's been proven right. Those teams couldn't have made it to a preliminary final? Nope. Yeah, they could have. Penrith Penrith should have. Should Should have. have. Didn't. They made it in. But but they all of them could have. Cowboys overachieved based on their players that got available, no doubt about it. And they deserve to be there. Parramatta... Fell over on the weekend. That was as good as a choke as you'll ever see. They had no patience, Parramatta. And the Cowboys, there are, there are only a few ways that the Cowboys are going to win that game. And they knew that they had to control their controllable elements. And that's what they did. They completed. They were disciplined. They played smart footy. And Parramatta couldn't match them on the, on the fundamentals of the game. And they never looked like winning that game, really, Parramatta. And the two tries that Parramatta scored were off... Well, they, well, one was off a kick, but they were, they were both off runaway, runaway of tries. Yeah, they weren't constructed tries. So I'm really, really impressed with the Cowboys, obviously their completions. But, it, you know, we talk about completions, but you need to be doing something with the football and you need to be able to create offense, and they're doing that. So they're, they're scoring enough points to win games. They're defending well enough, and then they're coming out of yardage and they're not making errors. They're, if you're going to beat the Cowboys, and I've got no doubt that either the Roosters or we think Melbourne will get through – Melbourne will. They're going to beat the Cowboys. One of those sides will. But they're going to have to work bloody hard to do it, and they're going to have to play for 80 minutes. And as a coach, when you're under man and you're under strength and you know your back's against the wall, you need to be perfect. And it's a great performance from not only the players but the coaching staff up there, and it just proves, well, my point. I had them winning the comp this year, the Cowboys, and... You know, you add Thurston and Scott in, and I think you're looking at a Melbourne Cowboy grand final. How many times have I said, look to next year? And I know next year's a long way away, but you and put that's the grand final. I Scott have, so. back in, you put JT back in without rep football. McLean coming there, Hess and Tamalolo freed up. Multiple other guys coming back as well. That's a very scary looking. And I give them a chance to win this weekend because 
I watched my Titans. Well, should have, could have, should have beaten the tight, uh, the Roosters in the last round. The Roosters have played a bit of cat and mouse for a few weeks. You know, they've scraped in in games the and Roosters they haven't played for eighty. So, that's and the Cowboys are playing for eighty. So that's going to be a really, really interesting game. It'll be interesting to see whether the Roosters can finally get that eighty-minute performance. But look, I was wrong. I, I said the Cowboys couldn't make a preliminary final, but then again. I don't take it back either, and I don't think they should be in a preliminary final. I think it's more a reflection on the sides that aren't there, like your Penrith, like your Parramatta's, like, uh, well, Brisbane are there, but even Manly. You know, I, I just think their inconsistency, they, they've got all their players available, they've got no excuses. The Cowboys have got plenty of excuses, yet they, they still manage to turn up and get the most out of their roster every week. So congratulations to them. I think it speaks to the growth of key players like I've said all year. I think Tamalo's had a better year that just hasn't stood out as much because of the big plays that people look at and go, the old shock and awe fireworks effect. The amount of work he has done, I think it's been as good a season as last year. Michael Morgan's grown to a completely different level. Hess has obviously emerged. I think Cooper, Lowe, all these guys yeah, have I taken Yeah, I argue that. For them to get to where they are, those players had to stand up. They're playing better than they were last year, but... The whole is they don't have Thurston and Scott, you know, like, and that's going to hurt them in the next couple of weeks. So I, I don't think the question was ever could they win, could they not win finals games. The question was, can they win the comp? And I never you know, said my, my, the comp. no, I know you didn't, but, but my, but really, for me, I don't really care unless you do win the comp. Like it's it's a nice story and it's an overachievement, but you know, at the professional level of uh, of sport, you're in there to win it all. Yeah, but I'm just going. But they they've overachieved, yes. If you're going to go head to head on a lot of the sides, that people said they should be in or they didn't deserve to be in. It last doesn't matter. Year, None of them really are going to win anyway. It's, like, yeah. really, we've said it for a long time. It seems to be a racing two, and we sort of have the Cronulla and maybe a couple of sides able to upset the Roosters in Melbourne. But it does look set for a Roosters well, Melbourne Grand Final. They're both a dollar thirty. They both should win. Doesn't mean they will. Didn't drop them out of our top. I don't know about you. I've, no, I think I had, we, we had one and two the whole year. The whole, the whole year the whole was the same year. two teams. Yeah. So yeah, it looks that way. But good on them, the Cowboys. Hopefully, yeah, good on them. They put in another good effort this week, and they won't give it to the Roosters easily. That's for sure. No. Uh, tackle to the Panthers situation after the weekend gets a little more complicated. You could say. And, not only was the result not what they were looking for and they should have done better against the Brisbane side with all the football they had, but a little bit surprised also for me that all year, and again, we've been saying that the tactics aren't great and we disagree with some selections and some coaching that it, I know we're not mainstream media, but all of a sudden when Ryan Girdler, who is a Panthers legend, come out and finally someone's made comment because yeah. no one's been willing to, all of a sudden everyone today is going, oh yeah, their attack is bad. Well, how are you surprised? There's been no change, no growth. All year, as far we've as... We've spoken about it for weeks. We've been talking about it forever. Yeah, And for selections on the bench, t- attack inside 20, general tactics. The only thing I disagreed with with what Girdler mentioned was more saying that Matt Moylan... Comes down to Moylan, yeah. ...comes in there, makes the difference, creates an extra man. It doesn't matter when Tarmow, Merrin, etc. don't lay a good platform in the middle. Um, and I, I think the only spot that I would agree with on Moylan being in, maybe at fullback I don't have a problem with, but I'm still adamant he's not a 5-8. Sure, he can ball play better than Dylan Edwards, but he's also, when saying that Edwards is, you know, should have that skill already, he's a different fullback to what Matt Moylan is. See, what they need to do in the off-season is work out who their 5'8 is. Yeah, well, that's... Because well, so that's we've not had the, May, we've had Cartwright, we've had Moylan. This is not the only issue, though. May now confirmed cruciate ligament injury, and you're hearing all these rumours about Moylan, is he staying, is he going? If he's not your fullback and he's not your 5'8, and your goal is to keep those three kids together, as well as Jerome Luai, who also... He can play half Again, the problem with Penrith is they want to bring these kids in and not nail them down to a position. You know, Tyrone May played four, five, six positions in the 20s when I was with the the 20s side, 
And that's great for versatility, etc. But once they get into grade, I think it's really important that, you know, you have that versatility, but they're able to settle in one position. Yeah. But at I, the same time, just for roster, full stop, you have to make decisions based on salary caps. But so. look at look at look at this year and last year. I, I think Penrith played better football last year. I don't think they've they come on at all this year. They haven't year. grown at all. But again, I put half of that down I to... I put it down to the fact that they can't get any fluency or any stability or any continuity in the key positions. I also put it down to coaching because I don't think anything's really... But that comes know. back to coaching because the coaches are the ones chopping and changing all the time. Yeah, but also just tactics in general. I think they're boring. I think they're restricted. And I think there's a few selections well, in general that are just... They just get to a scrum line in good ball and they run that fucking double block play and it doesn't work. No, and then they get caught in a corner. And they, they and expect then a Nathan Cleary. They run, they run Nathan Cleary into the line. I've been saying it all year. They run him. There's no one around him. No, there's no one around him. No one around him. And, no, and as we've said earlier... No one's laying a platform. The only person who's been laying a platform all year is Campbell Gillard. He's the only one who's oh, got he, any he was, intent or anger, and he was the heart and soul. He of the was game. the best player on the field on the weekend. He was outstanding. Him and uh, I think Josh McGuire was good, but for Penrith, head and shoulders, the best player on the field. I'm going to keep banging that drum, and I know people are going to get sick of hearing it. But fine, Cleary is the biggest mistake they've ever made. That's that was it was. And we saw in the last ten to fifteen minutes with the Campbell Gillard try and some offloads and things looking. Yeah, they better. started playing a bit of that's football. Cleary football. Yeah. The Griffin stuff early on doesn't work. People are probably going to have questions later on, but the reason it's not working is exactly what you said. Double block, same shit shape. It's not digging to the line. You're not creating any deception. They don't change anything inside 20, and then you're following it up with a Mansa or a Katoa trying to scoot. Yeah, it's the biggest like, biggest off-season for Phil Gould, Griffin, and the Panthers since the rebuilding of the club. They need to get it right, and if they don't... Straightforward and simple. There's going to be though, some big like questions said. asked. Nailing our positions is one thing, but when you've got all these kids, you also have to settle eventually on this is what we're moving forward with. You can't go, all right, Moylan's it. No, wait, he's not it. It's Cleary. Oh, wait, hold on a minute. Now we want May, but then they're talking about Luai's been playing well and we've got Edwards. At some point, they're going to have to go bang, bang, bang. This is the spine. We're locking these couple of guys in. This is what we're pushing forward with for the next few years. And at the moment, they've got to ask themselves we just said that. a yeah, real question because now that May is injured and possibly Luai... Uh, we I don't know how many times we can touch on I've heard someone again say today Cartwright can play six he's not a six he is not a six yeah. so we're going over the same shit just resolve yeah. that issue soon please uh, tackle three this is more just a general thing just some of the journalism again we have a week in between shows but the last few weeks from the Daily Telegraph they're linked strongly with the game obviously they're the voice of rugby league just about but like the Bodine Thompson thing Danny Wilder's brought up old things again with Cameron Smith and the Alex McKinnon story, and there's been some other things over the past month or a couple of months leading in when we should be talking about finals and the rugby league. I just, like the Bodine Thompson thing, would you really be talking about it if that was a normal person who's consensually met up with somebody and, you know, I don't really want to go too far into depth about it, but I just find it real sad around this time of year that they're still trying to find ways to take shots and just Yeah, drag but any, any publicity for papers is good publicity. So you get a story like that, people want to read it, you drag some people in that don't, usually follow the game they may follow the game I don't know like in the end it's all about clicks and it's all about how many people are going to buy the paper so the point the point here is, is right if, if if there wasn't a market for it would they keep doing it no, would they I keep know, pumping stories out for it so there's a market for it because people read it obviously yeah, but just always slandering, always looking to drag down. Let's but that's, Let's that's, the, the that's, like, that's the society we live in. Get took, on social they, media. They all social... people want to do is slander or, or, or bring people down. They can't. They, the default uh, narrative for everyone is negativity. Well, we spoke about it the other week, but I'm just getting at, like even the Trent Hodkinson story earlier in the year when he took the girl to the formal, that wasn't highlighted in the paper first. That was highlighted through somebody sharing that story. Mm. And we know there's lots of stuff that happens behind the scenes that don't get yeah. any credence. But I just, especially this time of year when we should be focusing again, 
on the football. We had ref bashing last week. We got these stories leaking out during the week. Like, can we please just talk about the football? Like, I just it's, yeah. yeah well, that looks like they gave her a brown paper bag. I don't know what they were looking for. Like, I, I watched the interview with her and well, she, seemed to me like she wanted just she, wanted Bodine to have a relationship with the kid or whatever. Of sort of like okay. again, that's yeah. I don't get it. All the other side, so, of it, I just didn't understand. Like, they bring it like it's a big thing. That's, if you're not a rugby league player, it wouldn't be in the news. Simple. Group sex, like that. Group sex happens in workplaces. It happens. Well, you it, think that's morally wrong? That's a different happens, story. But yeah. because he's a football player, that's not a big in story. In every like demographic and every culture and every city in this country. Yeah. So just some of the journalism. I don't want to focus on the footy, but tackle four, uh, an issue that happened within Manly. And there's been some murmurs the last few weeks. What is true? What isn't true? Obviously, Willie Peters sacked um, after all. A parting of ways, a mutual parting of ways is sacked. the way they've termed it, which is basically covering for that. There's allegations or wording, again, not on the inside of Manly, but basically they're saying that he was being bullied and there was a bad relationship between Willie Peters, the assistant coach, and the high-performance manager, Dan Ferris. And there was stuff going on in the year that was brought up, wasn't kind of addressed, and it's obviously finally come to a head on Mm. Mad Monday. But I think, again, this kind of speaks to... So Mad Monday, were they drinking with the players? No, this was just coaches having a beer in the rocks, apparently. and. Was Trent Barrett there? I don't know about who was there, but they said coaches, so I'm assuming it would be assistants mm. and him. Well, if you're saying coaches, you'd assume it'd be Cardi, all those kind of blokes. So apparently it's been something that's been going on all year. Um, they don't have the best relationship, but Willie Peters has reached breaking point and just had enough. So. Yeah, well, that comes back to leadership. That I comes think. back to your head coach, comes back to your CEO. So... I was going to say that should have been nipped in the bud. And if if you can't get along, move someone on before it gets to this point. But also, it probably highlights what we've said before. I mean, you look at Manly, there's always a lot going on there. You've had CEOs before and the board fighting one another. And then Fulton's had a couple of guys in that he sacked instantly that have tried to challenge anything that's going on in that club. They really just need to stabilise. It always seems like there's something going on at Manly internally in the club. Mm. Maybe not so much to this level. This is a bit different. But at board level, the CEO with Fulton, there always seems to be someone button heads at Manly. So. Um, pretty sad end. and again you, you're only going off hearsay and what year but to all accounts Willie Peters is too nice of a bloke but if this is the circumstances that it's said to be that's a pretty poor culture as far as uh, coaching yeah, staff should, think should have been organised uh, tackle five and this is the big one a lot of people talked about before we review the game I bring it up now the Oates knockout everyone's blowing up saying that they denied him a try and that would have won penalty for the game which again if it's later on in the game I'm sure people are kicking more stones because it seems like a bigger moment but uh, for player welfare side of things, you stop. But then other people are saying, well, it wasn't near him. It was play on. You picked the football up. But at the same time, surely the referee gets to make a judgment call in the moment, you know, whether it was on instinct. I think the welfare he... of the player is paramount. paramount. And the way that he got knocked out, they shouldn't they shouldn't have let play run on. No. And there's so been arguments, you know, back and, and he, forth. And the play still did run on and he didn't run away. Didn't he get caught by a Broncos player? No. They, no, gonna, he didn't. they had numbers and they were going to run away. That's the whole argument. Okay. Everyone's going, that would have made a big difference and they were robbed and that's the big moment in the game. And uh, it hasn't blown up to as much as what it could be. But Well, imagine if it was with the shoe was on the other foot and exactly. they did let it go. Panthers Penrith would be fans. jumping up and down. And that's yeah. what I was about to bring up. For every Panther fan out there, if you feel hard done by and you listen to the show and you don't agree, that's all well and good. But honestly, you had 30-plus tackles inside 20 again. Like we've mentioned all year, surely you are not surprised that you struggled to win that game of football. Mm. It's been apparent the whole year there's been zero improvement. Do you get the six points there? Is it a big difference if it's in the 70th minute? That's fine to bring it up in that sense. But what would the score have been in the 70th minute? 
even if you were given that try, who's to say you were leading or you were even with the Broncos anyway? Yeah, well, we're talking about hypotheticals. So, again, like just, it was the right call because it was a sickening hit. And there's been argument. For and the I team. don't give a shit who wins the game. I, I don't care no, either way. Neither do I. But it's I just right looked at that moment and thought, surely you've got to stop. But I do think it's something they've got to look at. John's disagreed that, on it. Lots of ex-players have disagreed on whether it should or should not have been stopped. It was a big moment in the game. Yeah, I just There needs to be some clarity around when we do stop the game and when we don't. I agree on that, that aspect, yeah. definitely. But on on the field, instantly it in was that moment. The, you have to make a call, and I think it was the right one. Yeah, I agree with the referee, so I'm with you there. But um, any fans that feel hard done by people that are still complaining about it, like honestly, just let it go, please let it go. Yeah. Uh, PM thirteen. Uh, I'm pretty happy about the side that got named and to finally see it maybe last year and this year being used as a genuine trial game or a genuine platform for players to want to play for Australia in the past. Not to the exact same extent, but you've looked at it sometimes and seen some players getting the opportunity to play for it, and it seems like an off-season thing, a bit like City Country. They ring a few blokes and some guys pull out. Some are in, some are out, but there's some serious questions uh, with this side to be asked for the World Cup squad for Mal Meninga, and he's, he's named an absolute cracker side. And the odd one for me, I think Prop is the position that's really up for grabs. But he named Tom Trebojevic at centre. Could we possibly... He named Josh Dugan at centre. I know that, and that's what I'm getting at. Could we possibly be sitting here... If you're looking at who's remaining in the competition right now... Dylan Walker should be starting at centre. Exactly. That's I, 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 I don't like the way he carried on, but he was one of the best centres all year. The only one I'm seeing in the final series that's really in the frame for Australia is Will Chambers. You don't think of Curtis Scott or the Cowboys pairing of O'Neill or Lynette. Brisbane, you've got Roberts and Mongard. You know, Roberts defensively, Moga again, but... Uh, on the Rooster side of things, they've got Madison and, you know, Orbison playing. I'm looking there right now going, he might, do you think he would seriously consider playing Trebojevic in the World Cup at centre? No. No? So it sounds it'll a bit Dugan, odd. It'll be Dugan and Chambers looking at that. And then your, your third string's got to be Dylan Walker. Yeah, well. I don't agree with Dugan being there, but or you can you could play Gagai in the centres and shuffle it around. You've also got Michael Morgan who played State of Origin at centre, so he's got options there. I yeah, I'd, I'd tend to lean to playing Chaboyevic on the wing and then having Chamber, uh, sorry, Gagai in the centres yeah. is the way I would have attacked it. Well, but. it's a very strong side. Nevertheless, Tedesco's at the back. You've got Gagai, Holmes on the wings, Dugan, Chaboyevic the centres, Bird, Maloney in the halves, Woods, Coruscant, Fafida, uh, obviously the pack in the back row for Zelpa Papali, Chaboyevic with Wade Graham, David Clemmer, Dylan Walker, Josh Jackson and Vaughan on the bench. And everyone said, is it 18th man? No, they get to use all the players for this game, but... I think the only downside for them with this trial is that I think it's the same week. I think it's this weekend, isn't it? In no, the game. I, don't know. I, don't, I, don't I think know. it was being it's played. Never televised, so who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know. On this Saturday, the 23rd, but the uh, PNG Hunters are obviously in the Q Cup, so they're not going to be playing a full strength side. So we're taking over probably the best, one of the best sides they've named for the PM 13 ever to try and nut out who's going to be in this World Cup squad. Mm. And they're going to be coming up against a side that's basically got well, it doesn't matter. the heart it's, of its side it's, uh, it's missing. Around. But about and it's the, good for footy over there. Yeah. I was just more looking at the prop situation, though. From that origin merit team that Mal picked himself, he had Clemmer and Napa as front rowers. Would you think they're both shoe-ins for the World Cup? Yeah. Have to be. And you'd Otherwise, carry, why would you name that merit squad? You'd make yourself look like a dickhead. If you'd you be carrying Papali, as usual, on the bench to play middle and edge, as he does, you reckon, and yeah. maybe going for one more prop. So a Campbell-Gillard, a Vaughan, a Woods, who are you, who are you carrying? Like I know we've said I, before that we're I'd not on Woods. Vaughan. But, uh, I think realistically, out of the candidates that are left over, Fafita, these kind of guys, I think a lot of them have had v- lots v- of Fafita, opportunities. Fafita bombed Cronulla's season pretty much. Like, yeah. The way he sort of behaved, I, I, I tend to lean, I, 
It's almost red pen time for Andrew Fafita for me. Well, like, McLean, it's never again. If you're going to go off form, you'd say Vaughan and Campbell Gillard are in the frame along with Maguire, who has played prop for Australia. But he had McLean as his 18th man, as did they uh, for Australia, as did they for Origin. So um, I don't know if there's a bit of an affinity there. He's got a big rap on him, but there's a couple of guys I think should probably get that third spot. I like spot. McLean, yeah. So. Interesting to see what happens there. But again, but, is it going on form or is it going on... Well, I thought form and behaviour were some of the principles, but look at Josh Dugan, like we said. I know the origin thing and the missing the bus weren't part of it, and they say that Mal's loyal well, to players. Well, they weren't part of it, but surely as there's long steps as you need to walk on before you get to the top. Well, and if you can't do those correctly, how do you how do you get to the top? I kind right? of agreed with you because I thought Rad Rara got pushed out <laughs> for the same reason and Fafita, and he had 12 months to redeem himself as he did, but... Um, apparently he Mal's looked at it more so he hasn't done anything wrong by me and they're small things so um, he's done the right thing on the field and off the field and being honest with me he's going to get an opportunity so see what happens there but very interesting times a very strong game unfortunately like you said that we don't get to watch it but that's the set of six uh, just before we review the games from the weekends we look at the other grades as we've mentioned uh, around finals time so under 20s that historic shark side Gone. Has gone. Bang, bang, out the back door. Well, it doesn't mean shit unless you win, win Exactly. The That's what I was going to get. All the point scoring records and the individual one for Flanagan and the most selections ever in the team of the year. Two weeks in a row. Bang, bang. Gone. Out the back door. So well, it's similar to the Panthers side last year, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, they blew that game. Went all the way through. Should have won the game. Didn't. But uh, Sharky's gone now. Manly from eighth, much similar to the Cowboys. You wouldn't expect them to get past week one. They've moved on. To play the Dragons, who have been in the top four the whole year and entrenched, and the Eels, who I said last week got back a couple of uh, guys from New South Wales Cup. They're going to be playing the Panthers. So looking at these two games, I'm probably going to say it's going to be an Eels-Dragons grand final, which would be... I like the Eels. I uh, think who do the Dragons play? Manly. Manly got some momentum, but the Dragons are really, really good when I watch them. And, and you know what? If it is Dragons-Eels, that's going to be a cracker. Yeah, looking forward. Cracker. But yeah, that's uh, a but pretty after, good one. Oh, I said last week, after watching the first week, Parramatta were by far and away the most impressive side yeah. I watched. Today. Like I said. You, if I had to tip it, they, they'd be my tip, and I said that last week. You so. get back a player like Doug and, and a Raymond Stone who have played with men all year, though. You could tell the difference watching Doug and play yeah. last week that he's been playing all year in New South Wales Cup. <laughs> New South Wales Cup yesterday, the exact same score, both games. 16-12, Wyong Warriors, to me, was the grand final come a week early. The only reason they ended up meeting is because the Warriors had to borrow so many players for the NRL at the back end of the year. Uh, they were down 16-zip, had all the football, had nothing going. Second half, powered back into the game, 16-12. And Matt Allwood, out of all times, literally 10 minutes to go with all the momentum, and the Wyong had lost two players, got himself sinbin and basically blew the game for him. And even with a couple of minutes to go, they had you know, you watched, you commented. Oh, I was I, just, I'm, I'm more to say it. it's the biggest. Because for some reason, Fox didn't have it on, which is just ridiculous. Well, they only played one game, didn't they? Ridiculous. Like, what time was that kickoff? One o'clock. One o'clock. One o'clock. There's no time. other games going on. Yeah. Why the hell wouldn't you wouldn't you have it on TV? And but anyway. It was the better of the two games, let me oh. tell you. But, she yeah. just had them back to back. Like, it's ridiculous. They don't have it on TV. You got a, you got a fucking rugby league channel. Yeah. Hello? Matt Ward, three years at the Warriors, looking for a contract right now. He did himself no favours yesterday. Getting Sinbin 10 minutes to go in a semi when you are rolling and have all the momentum to make a grand final, just elementary dumb shit. Got himself Sinbin. So they blew that one. Wong, though, very tough team. Move on to next week. Uh, the best player on the field, though, Nat Butcher, along with Manu. I don't know if Manu might be up with the NRL squad. Probably not playing, but maybe a part of it. So I don't know if he's going to be ready to rock and roll. Most likely would be. He'll play. Um, for the Penrith side, they obviously... One through in the New South Wales Cup against the Dogs. Pretty shaky performance, I watched, I watched that. Jeez, neither side was really convincing. No, nah, the Dogs have been slow starters two weeks in a row and then blowing teams off the park. But yesterday, they could get nothing going. And Penrith blew a lot of tries. I had a chance to win the Dogs, but... 
Um, yeah, obviously, Jerome Luai went off, so Jed Cartwright had to move into the six. Darren Nichols couldn't kick a goal to save himself after being a top point scorer all year. And um, honestly, well, we said it looked wongs to lose heading into the finals. The big but... upside, though, they would have got back May and a couple of others, but I think off the top of my head, I was trying to figure out who would be eligible. I think Katoa. Farah's played most of his football there, so I think he can come back down. And I think Fisher Harris and Laota, so maybe four. Yeah, look, the eligibility back. was different when I was working with the twenties and New South Wales Cup. It was a little bit different. The rule then was that if, as long as the NRL side or the side that you'd played the most football with for the entire year was still in Alive. the competition, you're allowed to play. So, like all those guys would have played most of their football there, as would have May if he didn't do his ACL. Obviously, weekend, unless so. it's NRL, like you can play NRL yeah. the whole way through. But they're getting back twenties to cup. It was yeah, you, you were allowed to play in one while ever. Yeah, depending which one you played in for the most, you were allowed to play in the other as long as the side. For example, if you played all year, all your year in twenties. Um, and and twenties were knocked out, and and you you wanted to be used in cup, you weren't allowed to be. Well, a bit of a brutal blow because getting four back would be very handy. But if they've lost Luai, which it looks like, and May obviously got injured, uh, it looks like Cartwright or someone else is going to have to play six. And so. it also causes problems for teams that have feeders in Ron Massey and Sydney Shield as well, because now that Penrith are out, um, not not that it's going to affect St Mary's because St Mary's got knocked out of the Ron Massey Cup, but. It does affect if, if you've got guys that have been coming up and back from 20s down to Ron Massey or Sydney Shield. Once that 20 side's knocked out, it affects your eligibility in those other competitions as well. So, yeah. Well, Penrith get a bit of a boost. They've got a couple of players back this week. And Wyong would be the best side all year. Lost uh, the New South Wales Cup centre of the year, Matt Icavali, yesterday to a suspected ACL as well. So, What about the Queensland Cup? Uh, Queensland Cup, the Redcliffe Dolphins, who had a close one with PNG, who went straight through, had to play Melbourne's feeder, Sunshine Coast, and got towed up 40 to 14. So, so we've got PNG, Sunny Coast, Grand Final. Yep, and okay. uh, yeah. It's, it cool. was a bit of a surprise result. Now, is that going to be on TV? It's live. Well, on the weekend, they announced it on Channel 9 after the footy show that the Q Cup final was on, but it wasn't going to be shown in New South Wales. Right, so. like, what fucking year are we living in? 100%. Well, honestly, if and I... if they want people to watch the game the following week, which is the Super Bowl or whatever they call it, you know, the state championship, yeah. how do they expect us to know what the hell's going on? Yeah, you just get told, oh, it's this team. Well, fucking show us. Well, at least show let us, us see their yeah. finals, so you can watch them the week before the grand. Final. It'll be on Fox on Wednesday or whatever. But you would have already heard. Oh, I can't watch games that I know the result of. You like delayed football is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. so ridiculous. Well, if I had to make a call, uh, even though Penrith get a few back, and it's Monday, so we can't see the lineups, I'm going to back Wyong to finish the job. On the other side, I've only I haven't seen much of Sunny Coast, but they've had a very big year. And... I think I like PNG. I think PNG got a lot to play for, and I like the fact. That'd be awesome for be rugby league and PNG if they want it. So I'm hoping that next week when we go to the grand final after the prelims, we're going to be watching PNG. That'd be, that'd be good. And if it was Wild PNG, Roosters, Melbourne, and uh, Para Dragons, it'd like I'll good. sit my ass on the seat and I'll, I'll watch, watch every it, minute yeah. of every game. I agree with you 100. percent But yeah, that'd be my prediction for the under 20s. I'd say Dragons, Eels, New South Wales Cup, Q Cup. I think Sunny Coast and Penrith both give a good account of themselves. But I'm because there's always towards. a blowout on grand final day. Yeah, when we 100%. find ourselves scratching ourselves for an hour or two. But uh, yeah, I think the two favourites would be pretty good to come through here after leading the whole way through this year. But uh, that's just a bit of an update on some of the lower grades heading into grand final week next weekend. You've got your set of six. We'll review these two finals games now. Broncos Penrith thirteen six and uh, no Boyd, no Pung Eye, but all good. They just hung tough and. Corey Oates early on, good vision by Ben Hunt, threw a nice ball out wide, he got a good line and just ran for the corner there, scored a cracker, but 
Obviously, not too long after that, he found himself sleeping when he uh, ran into the back of Milford's shoulder after Cleary made a good defensive decision. And again, that moment we speak of, play on or not, I think in those kind of moments We've as covered. a referee, yeah. you've, You've've got to make a right call. call. And I think right it call. was the right call. Yeah, it's only the fans that are bitching about it. So we're both non-biased, watching it. Yeah. Didn't matter for us. I think it was the right call. So, I honestly think they had enough football to win. I thought you know, they the game. started really, really well. The Broncos. They, yeah, but I, I think mean, Penrith, Penrith did. A, Penrith did a really, really good job. I think to weather the storm early. But the standout, and you, you're about to say it, and we've said it. The the problem was is that Penrith had more than enough opportunities to win the game, and they couldn't execute. They couldn't score points in the red zone. That's the reason why Penrith didn't progress. Yeah, no other reason. 30-plus tackles inside 20, and it's been the case all year. They didn't get to Manly last week. They probably should have won by yeah. more. And you look at the tries, people say, oh, the, the attack wasn't that bad. Well, you scored off a deflection. You scored off another deflection off the post, and the last try is just a garbage time trial when things were done. Yeah. Um, the attack inside 20 has been an issue all year. People say, well, what's wrong? Well, it's pretty simple. They're running road too structured. straight out, too structured. They're not pushing offloads. They're not pushing in numbers. The ball never also gets to the center winger. They run that double block shape. They generally half ends up with the ball or they bang it in with the back rower. Mm. You've got Mansour and Katoa. Well, it's, cra- to- it's always a crash. Like yeah. It's a crash, like catch, tackle. Well, how are we in Ira? They, never get they the- post that play every time. Farre needs the ball early. He needs it with five-meter separation because yeah. his feet are so good. But they never really give their outside men any nah. opportunity. And, and people- that, that also comes back a little bit to the fact that Dylan Edwards isn't a great ball player. Yeah. Like he doesn't really provide that sweeping link to the outside men, but you've got to adapt to that. It needs then to be two quick passes, bang, bang, straight to a center. Yeah. And also they lost May in that sense. And I think Cartwright generally tends to fiddle with the ball. A the bit loss too much of May well. was the biggest, had the biggest impact on that game for Penrith. Yeah, outside, obviously of the controllable elements like their attack and their, you know, inability to play off the cuff and play what they see. And the, what well, you're going to get into it, but the Bryce Cartwright chip was the, yeah, well, I was going to say. really screwed it over for For him. a lot of people, again, they were going about Corey Howard and Ririnora. They telegraphed that same play a million times. Yeah. So they bang him in short under pressure. And he didn't have a great night, Broncos, Corey, but... but man, he had a great season. And yeah. for people that wanted to kick him while he was down, that's ridiculous. Yeah, he's had a great year. but Great. And he's a kid. He is a kid. Well, that's he's the same thing develop. I'm saying about Edwards. Like the other day, people getting, he can't ball. I'm like, he's just got into great. No, no. And look, I mean, but and that was no slandering. No, no. Me saying that he can't ball play. At the moment, develop. he can't. So, yeah, develop it. But then adapt your style to fit exactly. what his inability. But it's no different what we saw, said about Moylan It's before. got to be an off-season thing. You can't, you can't develop that in a week. He's a great ball player. I'm like, where's his communication? Where's his push to the he's middle? He's not a great ball where's player Where's his, you know, his yardage carry? Like all those other boxes. I think there's a lot he's more. A, Moylan's running game opens up his passing game. And whenever he wants to crab side to side like he has for or did for the majority of this year, it, it just doesn't open up his pass. No. But, uh, yeah, I think the inside 20s, they've got zero idea. A lot of that, again, I stick to the coaching and some of the tactics. The same with their carries in the middle. They don't really push the football. They don't offload. I keep saying it, and I don't understand why Mitchell Rain hasn't played more first grade or at least been the backup to Pete Wallace, who, again, the other night, looked like a split sausage and had his head smashed open. Yeah, no doubt Wallace is great. He's tough. He does his job. But when you've got Edwards at the back that... He's had, isn't offering you a lot of ball playing. You don't really have a you've, you don't really have a solid six. You've got Cleary who's under enormous pressure, and then you've got Wallace who doesn't really provide any impetus or spark out of well, nine. Like even, he's not going to run and bust you. Kicks well, tackles well, good service, but you need someone to run out of there, in my opinion. But my other question, yeah, hundred percent. And Rain proved his point when he got Hooker of the Year in New South Wales Cup, and he was a standout again on the weekend. And yeah. the few games he played, he was outstanding. He helped the forwards get forward. 
But I thought Penrith looked the best this year when they had rain at nine. As soon as May went down, I was like, Katoa has to play in and Wallace goes out the half, surely. But they didn't do that. Yeah. Like I, I think that would have made sense. But again, I didn't agree with the tactics. There was some good stuff by Brisbane, though, being under strength, and they lost players during the game. Arrow didn't come back. Thiday went later on, well, obviously. Yeah. Oats. Oats early on, but uh, they the slide defense, we've talked about this a million times. Penrith's slide defense got exposed when they got uh, that ball out there to Roberts with the Penrith players yeah, backpedaling. Roberts. And uh, he absolutely burst through. But, um, yeah, I think it's basically summed up by that one bit and piece. We saw a little glimpse at the end when they loosen up Penrith that they're so dangerous. But yeah, Campbell-Gillard was the standard. Had enough ball to win that game twice. So. Yep. Campbell-Gillard, outstanding. Yeah, I thought Mansour was pretty strong considering cool. yardage. But on the Brisbane side of things, you've got to give raps to plenty of players. Mead did such a good job coming off from yeah, the bench to play at the back. That's I, why I didn't want him to leave the Titans, man. He... Ben Hunt, Such an underrated player. Ben Hunt was great in the middle. Got out and kicked. There was some defensive pressures there. Maguire, as he has all year. Gillette was so much dirty clean-up work. And Alex Glenn, as we've mentioned a million times, such an underrated footballer. But Brisbane as a whole just scrambled. I know Penrith didn't throw a whole lot of them, but they, I still felt that they defended their line for most of the night and they are under the gun constantly. And yeah. They took the field goal at the right time as well, knowing they didn't have much gas left in the tank with losing those players. So uh, full credit to them. It's a big ass to go down to Melbourne next week and it's a bit of a bogey side for them. But... Yeah, I think Penrith are their own worst enemy. And like we spoke, just haven't improved at all. Yeah. So big Move questions on. for the off-season. Cowboys versus the Eels. Uh, well, we covered this pretty much earlier as well. This, lack of discipline from Parramatta. Lack of patience. How many errors? Well, 17 of 17. You go in the first half for the Cowboys yeah. and they go in there down 10-6 against the run of play. you got Rabrara who obviously gets a runaway and there's the Will Smith one as well, but... The Cowboys, as they do, they didn't go away and they were smart to realise doing some video early in the week that if they got onto tackering his edge that he feels the pressure, he just charges up. Mm. He left Rad Rara high and dry. They basically had a three-on-one to sort that out. Felt with a fantastic finish. That was an absolute cracker. And second half, you've touched on it, there was just ill-discipline with the football. They kept dropping it, coming out of yardage. There was penalties. Like the Cameron King thing, which turned into a brouhaha again, speaks to... I know they like to live on the edge and... I said they're an image of uh, their coach. They're tough. Their priorities are wrong. They're, you know, but little things like that in critical games, like trying to start the the fight there, and it seemed like every time it was about to end, there was a power player trying to rev things up again. So, thirteen uh, errors, and again, like we look at Cronulla last week. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, thirty nine missed tackles for Parramatta. That was more than the Cowboys. Cowboys missed twenty eight, and the Cowboys only made nine errors. Cowboys won the penalty count four two. Yeah, but they were fantastic. Uh, sorry. Uh, Cowboys lost the penalty count. Yeah. So four penalties conceded by the Cowboys. So, But also, who's it feels to me that... 55% possession to the Cowboys, but that's a result of all those errors. The two halves so, as well, I just feel that no one kind of had control of that game and they're going to need to figure out pretty quickly who's the seven and who's the six because yeah. it still feels like Moses has been the better of the two at the back end of the year, but is he a genuine number seven or is he a six? They spoke that he's a Moses. dominant ball player and he needs to be the seven, but at times it feels like they're both running sixes who want to do that and well, they are. kind of they're float doing... off and do their own thing. But someone has to take control, do the kicking, organise the side and run them around. And bar Norman's two games against Brisbane, I thought his back end of the year was pretty quiet, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, they lost Alvaro early, which hurt the forward rotation. Morel didn't end up playing. Then he carried Pritchard as a result of obviously King being hurt last week. But I thought a few little things like that as well were also a bit weird before kickoff, but there's no question about it. The Cowboys were outstanding. They were very disciplined. Their outside backs have been so underrated with the yardage work they've done, I think, during the finals. Um, you know, hard to leave Java Bowen out, but O'Neill came back, played well. When they caught 
Moses out sliding with isolating him with Hess when he scored that try. Morgan Solo at the end of the game and his kicking game. You wouldn't have seen it a couple of years ago first there, but his kicking game is brilliant. Mm. He found so much grass. That's the key point of it all. They forced repeat sets and they just strangled him. They honestly did. It was outstanding. Yep. Jason Tumble, oh, like I said, not as flashy because they haven't won as many games and he's not busting as like the big flashy plays. But I honestly think he's had a better year than last year, and that's crazy to say because he won the Dally M. But I think he's been phenomenal. Mm, agree. So, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, on the Eels side of things, I found it hard to kind of isolate anyone bar the one man you'd pat on the back every single week, which is Nathan Brown. I thought he was awesome again, and he's had a huge year. And you could say that he could be considered. I think for the Will Kangaroos. Smith was pretty good too. He, yeah, he, he did some good things. He, didn't he do a really good job filling in late in the year? Yeah, and was, the thing about this, he's done it before. He did it at Penrith when he played five eight. He's played centers. He come from Newcastle originally. He's just a good footballer. Yes. So you look to next year. Good Gutherson player. comes back. You get, he's a good player. He's a good player, Will Smith. Team. Yeah, next year, Kane Evans comes over. They definitely need an extra They need middle. a prop, man. They that's that's, prop the, so that's the best signing that they could have and made. And they also signed Willis Meehan, even though he's a bit of a bad boy on the cheap, hoping that they can get something out of him. So if he has a big preseason and Evans comes over, they might have some help in the middle. Uh, obviously, Marara and a lot of these guys will grow from another year, but they certainly need an extra middle. Yeah. And I still don't think Takarangi can keep playing centre. Um, I like Orvar who's on the wing, I think Orvar needs to come into the centres and you've got to put Bevan French on that wing. Yeah, You need genuine players playing position. That's not a knock on Takarengi. Outstanding football. I think he does a great job, but I just think laterally he's not that great defensively and that's why he panics and rushes in like he did the other night. I think he tries to make decisions before the ball gets to him so he doesn't get isolated. Yeah. But he ended up leaving semi-high and dry. Um, and they've also got a pretty good 20s team, as we mentioned, coming through. So they didn't sign a whole lot of players next year. It's basically Evans and Moses, but... Um, with their coach and obviously that bit of seething feeling from the other night, I think they're going to be better again next year. So, I agree. Yeah, bit of disappointment. They've gone bang, bang out the back door. But you also got to look at the Cowboys had a really tough run in. They played some hard games and they got battle hardened. They five straight. Yeah, they played the Roosters, the Sharks. And then you look at power, they got in the top four, but they had a pretty easy run in. Hmm. They lost the game. And then you threw that, you know, all the effort in the last week against Melbourne. I think they kind of rolled in the other night thinking it was just going to happen against maybe a side of the Cowboys. But... Which is dog shit. Like you're You've got to look at the Cowboys. And again, even with those players missing, Cooper, Hess, Morgan, only, they got internationals and origin players still on their side. And all those, a lot of those guys were around two years ago when they were the comp. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. If, if that is the case, that there has been a little bit of, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. we're, we're better than what we are at complacency or um, poor attitude leading into it. That's horrendous. Yeah. And they need to learn their, their lesson from it. Because it's a bloody long time, and there's no guarantee they'll get back there next year. No, you need to make the most of your opportunities when you're there. And you know, look at Canberra. Canberra last year crash out. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's okay. They'll be back there next year, yeah. and they can teams go one better. And they, did, they didn't even get there. Yeah, yeah well, so, the teams do a bit more analysis. They see what they do well. Do some video. Bring in some things. You see, Ricky was whinging. Oh, they slowing down the ruck. They're stopping yeah, us. But, but they didn't expand. They kept going one out. They had a bigger side. They tried yeah, to play. The power I don't game. want to go into analyze Canberra. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, look, look. You need to They're probably that. this year's Canberra, aren't yeah. they? Really? And Melbourne changed constantly. Brisbane have adapted. All those good sides of Cowboys. They make slight changes every year to stay fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Parramatta's obviously going to have to go back to the drawing board and change some things next year, as will a couple other teams. But full credit to the Cowboys, and they move on next week and. We'll preview those games a bit later on. Uh, we've got the Broncos versus Storm and Sydney, uh, sorry, the Roosters versus the Cowboys. But now we'll do your fan questions after those reviews. So we'll kick things off. It's Diego Montoya says, is there a place for Will Smith in a starting side in 2018? Thought he did remarkably well for a third string fullback and maybe wasted in reserve grade. Dragons, maybe. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's definitely a first grader. Well, I think they extended him by another year because they had injury concerns. They, they did a medical on the start of the year and they borderline weren't taking him because apparently he's got some issues. But I think he stays there as the bench utility or a back, uh, backup half and plays in a strong squad. The Dragons, you got Mann, you got Dufty. They re-signed Tristan Saylor, who I think they can look at in those positions as well. They've got a really good young fullback, Esau Masters, brother Stephen Masters, had a great year and is only 18, so... Uh, I don't think they'll be reaching out for him, but he was outstanding, 100%. Peter Smith says, loving the Queensland Cup. I get to see all the next generation of the NRL players and there's quality players coming through. I'm a Sunshine Coast Falcons member and after sticking with them through two years of not winning a game through to last year coming third and yesterday, watching them beat Redcliffe to qualify for next week's grand final. It's a great feeling. I'm a proud Sunshine Coaster and lover of rugby league. Well... Not going to give uh, all of it there, mate. You've stuck to the tough times, but you, I think Melbourne moving in there has made a big difference, obviously. Yeah, They're bringing nice. that system. They've moved their 20s up there. They don't have a junior base, so I think that relationship's married up perfectly. And Obviously, you're a very happy man right now, and I think you're going to see some good football over the next couple of years. Uh, the fat sportsman, a little from left field, but how often through a season would a player get drug tested, and do they test for all prohibited drugs or just a few, one test for steroids, HGH, and another test for cocaine and marijuana? Well, it's internal, external. So. Yeah, but there's a certain number you have to meet because uh, I think when it's I was... four, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember. But when I was at Canberra, more than once in the gym in the morning, Max Mercer, the media manager or the club manager, would go... You're talking about internal or external? That's internal ones. External, yeah, right. obviously. Well, that'd be different from club to club. Yeah, but they've obviously rocked up a couple of nights after training Sam De Sada. They have names. They pick four guys. They follow you everywhere. Until... Well, after every game, people are drug tested, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And that too. But they also rock up to training. You don't leave them until you obviously Two from each cup, team, so. yeah. yeah. Um, we had that and our internal stuff. We could rock up one morning to the gym. Maxie Mercer, the club manager, would come in and say, you two come in here, pick these names out of a hat. Bang. They've got four blokes, pissing the cup. It's everything. Cocaine, roids, this, that, and the other. So... Uh, I think it's, it's it's often enough that if you were to take it, you'd be definitely running a fine line. Let's put it that way. Mm. You'd be silly to be putting yourself at risk. Uh, Arthur Sekoulis, sorry, mate, if I got that wrong. He says, four teams left. I feel the best four for 2017, which is good to see. All deserve to be playing this week. Also, Paralus, Gaffer, then French, and Will Smith steps in. He did a good job being third-string fullback for the Eels. Deserves a good rap. Surely, Arthur, you agree with me now that the Cowboys deserve to be in the finals champion. But uh, big things ahead, hopefully, for your Dragons next year. Scott Lockyer, how detailed is the Storm's game plan? Is it possible they have the first 10 set of six plan? The last 10 years of Broncos versus Storm is four wins Broncos, 19 wins Storm. What is happening that the Storm can pick the Broncos apart at will? No, I don't They'd have their first probably five sets planned out, but it's not NFL. It's not structured. Like, it's an open game. So I think they probably have... Um, they probably just have different different points of the field, different things that they want to do. So it's the field would be split into yardage, which is when you're coming out, obviously good ball when you're going in, and then you'd have tap sets and scrum sets and you know dropout sets or whatever. But yeah, I don't think it's as structured as what you'd think. Um, you'd think they'd have certain things on a tip sheet Brisbane, like we used to would, get, yeah. saying we're going to pick on this, or the yeah. slide defense, we'll run extra numbers here. But or... it, I mean, it's not like you're going to run 10 sets, you're going to do them a certain way or whatever. No. You know, like it's so you've got to play. There's a lot of a more massive element of it is play what you see and then adapt around what your game plan is. So, yeah, yeah no doubt that Craig Bellamy would have a really anal and in-depth game plan, no doubt in my mind. So, And he's also got guys there that are exceptional at, at executing it, which helps. 
Yeah, well, definitely can't question that. But like Brock said, there's different breakouts for different for parts Brisbane, of the field. I just don't think man-to-man there is good. I don't but think there's a hoodoo. I've said it a million times and I'll stick by it. They're one of the only ones that play, they use the sideline, they slide out. Melbourne runs so many numbers in the line and you put yourself in a bad position to make a tackle. And they love playing short and running those courage yeah. lines. And most of the time we play them, it's a forward field day. We get front rowers and back rowers scoring left, right and centre because blokes just get isolated or put themselves in a bad spot. Yeah, I think Melbourne, you need to pressure them, get up and in. And Cooper Cronk could kick in behind, but they need to take risk if you pressure them. And... Of all the teams that have caused us trouble over a lot of years, Newcastle's been one for some reason that always seemed to do it really well, yeah. bar the last maybe year or two. And Canberra and the Warriors, again, with a bit of ad-lib stuff. So I think Brisbane are definitely going to throw the football around, but their actual defense in their middle, they were tough last week, but they're going to be really challenged this week by Bromwich, Nelson, McLean, etc. So um, it is a tough ask for Brisbane, that's for sure. Wayne Stoneman, why do players act like sport brats when they knock it on or make some other mistake? Refuse to give the ball to the opposition. Opposition tries to get the ball and they refuse to hand it over. Well, I guess it's just exactly that. Uh, you know, some blokes just carry on like peanuts when they should just hand over the ball. No one ever seems to be taking accountability at times, even though when they have dropped the ball. Well, they need to have a look at that rule. Like, you're either allowed to strip it or you're not. And it's sort of getting to the point where it's got to be just open slather. Yeah, but he's just saying, like, in general, they act like sport brats when they knock it on. No, I get that. Mistake, I get so. that. But I think it's, it comes back to the fact that they know that it's just a 50 50 whether you're going to get a penalty or not. Yeah, they just well, roll the dice, of it yeah. on purpose half the time. But, mate, I think just, you know, if you carry on like a peanut, they feel like they can maybe influence the decision or dramatize it, much like they do when blokes lay down and they get hit high or bits and pieces like that. But I think most of the time it's games and shit. People just trying to get a penalty or get something to go their way. Nigel Proud, we are all critical of the officials, rightly so. I use sports ears at games and have often wondered if the bunker was transmitted through sports ears as well, not just on the field ref, would this eliminate questions from fans and keep the system honest? Can guarantee it would have eliminated the Trent call from a few years ago. What was that one? I use sports ears. He said, we are critical of the officials, rightly so. Yeah. I use sports ears at games and have often wondered if the bunker was transmitted through sports ears as well, not just on, on the on-field ref, would this eliminate questions from No, fans because not everyone's honest. using the sports ears. Yeah, well, not many I do when I go. Like, we use sports ears. Well, you've only just bought them. I've, I've had them for four or five years, I, I, and I love them because I go to a lot of live games. But, yeah, I... I think this more comes back to what we said last week, Nigel. If you heard last what's week, what's the can guarantee it would have limited? What's the Trent call from a few years ago? I've got, I've got no idea. I either. can't think of the Trent call off the top of my head. So, yeah, you have to my inbox just mate, and maybe clarify which. Uh, yeah, not like I. You're right, Nigel. If everyone was listening to them, then yes. I think people at home, like your biggest audience, is your television audience, and you can hear the bunker. Yeah, so through the television. I don't think so. it's that big of a deal as far as the game is concerned, but um, yeah, fair enough. They should, yeah. They should play it live at grounds. That'd make it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Jason, uh, what do you got here? Oh, I can't believe you say your last name. Sorry, mate. It's Wachowicz. 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 There you go. You got that. Probably close. Apologies, champ. What has been the biggest disappointment this year, player or team? What has been the best highlight this year? Anything besides Cameron Smith? Aha. Uh-huh. Any early predictions for next year? Uh I'll biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment for me would be the Titans. I'd say the Raiders because the Raiders, yeah, Raiders. got a loaded side and I thought they were dog shit and you just waited every week to see if they were going to turn up and they yeah. didn't. Warriors again, but that's probably an easy pick, the Warriors. Yeah. Best are oh, the... Penrith, I think, have been disappointing. Yeah, well, Based 100%. on what their projections but were. they at least got into the finals. They did, yeah. That's uh, what what's been Canberra. the best highlight Highlight this year. This year. Well, I just think that, for me, uh, the form of the Storm. I love watching the Storm play. Yeah, 
Well, I'd probably say all the things you don't want me to say, all the Cameron Smith stuff, the milestones down there. Being a Melbourne fan, I really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, I, I would have loved to have said Origin, but we obviously fell yeah, apart Origin in New South Wales. So that kind of killed me in the end. But best highlights. There wasn't really a, a run at all, was there? Like late in the year, a side that went on a run? I'm kind of, my highlight would probably be the last two weeks. Put it any way you want, but I'm stoked the, the Cowboys finals, have knocked yeah. off a couple of teams and from eighth position. I, there's no way I think they're going to win the comp from there, but. There's always somebody at finals time that throws a spanner in the works. In the and early predictions for next year. I reckon the Cowboys are... Mass, them the and the Roosters, Roosters yeah. are going to be the two top weights if you're going to give me a market right now. Well, and they're, they're alive now and like the, the Roosters, Cowboys are going to get their players back and then the Roosters are going to get Tedesco. Which you look at the massive. Roosters right now. Tedesco comes in, which is huge. The spine is the same. The forward pack is the same by Aguero going out, but they've already got ample replacements for him. They're loaded in the... Uh, New South Wales Cup, and they've got a couple of bargain basement buyers, and Lindsay Collins, Ted Avano is obviously there, and a lot of guys from their 20s team have pushed into that. Matt Ikevalo, I'm pretty sure, is a 20s kid who got New South Wales Cup centre of the year. Yeah. So I think they're stacked again, and anyone they're letting go is in a position that they're not really worried about. Mm. Cowboys, we've mentioned, get those couple of forwards back. JT, Scott, hopefully no rep football. McLean, freeze up Hess and Tamalolo. Outside backs, they're not the prettiest, but they do a lot of yardage work. I think that's probably the only area they could improve on. Um, but you'd have to say those two next year. And then looking at Melbourne, I don't care what anyone says, replace. Uh... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cronk with Croft and if those other two guys, maybe not Slater goes around again. If you take Slater and Cronk out, Melbourne to me still make the top eight. Um, yeah. I think Croft. Well, they, they Munster, made the grand final without Slater. All those year. guys, I think they find a way to roll on. Um, so, Yeah. Bo Anderson, what are your thoughts regarding the often said sentiment by media that you can't blame the rest for a wrong decision deciding the outcome of a game if it happens early and there is still of plenty of other chances to score? Regarding the stop of play when Oates was injured, the call was wrong. Panthers were cost a legitimate try in a game where only three tries were scored total. It could have been 6-6 and the whole game changes for both teams. Broncos may still have won, but it's just another costly call by the refs this year, blundering their way through the season and costing teams a chance. We have become accustomed to such a poor stand in refereeing that we defend the constant mistakes when fans get angry about their team being fucked sideways. I disagree. Well, I'm going to take it you're a Panther fan champion, but I disagree. like I said, how many games this year? If, if he was, and he was seriously injured, Corey Oates, he didn't we come went off on. on a stretch. And look, I, like going on a tangent, I, I don't think Corey Oates should be able to play this weekend. Neither I think it's I. ridiculous that... There's talk he's 50-50 to play this week. He he should not be allowed to play for at least a week. Based on stretch it off. Yeah, knocked cold. So to me, the referees are going to make a call like that. Bang, they have to make a call. And that was sickening. Everyone in the stadium, no one in the stadium apart from the – and credit to the Penrith players for picking the ball up and playing to the whistle – Credit to the Penrith players, no doubt in my mind. But I didn't see any of them carry outside. No, I don't think they, they did either. Even Farre, I think, who's the one who picked it up, looked back and kind of went, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think it's an outlier. Look, if it was just a high tackle or wasn't as big of a hit and it was just an error that they blown up early, I'd agree with you. But I think in this case, they got it right based on the severity of the injury. But I'm more going. But if you like, it, do, it doesn't change the complexion of the game at six six. Yes, but I 
do I think that is costing Penrith the game? Didn't and they were the robbed and they've had such a terrible year and that's a blunder, like a complete blight on the game. No, I don't. I don't think that's a blight no, on the I game. Agree. I think the better team won. I think Penrith got the rub of the green in my eyes, especially in the ruck. They did. I think they had the majority yeah. of football and it speaks to itself. Brisbane had 10 tackles inside the 20. Penrith had, I think, 34 and came up with absolute sweet fuck all. So um, I always feel bad for fans. I said it last week, you're never, never an easy time of year when your team goes out, but... Um, to me, I thought the ref made the right call at the time when someone was in danger. Uh, if the shoe was on the other foot, like I said, we, oh, well, you said it earlier, you'd wonder how people would react. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things I think people are just going to yeah, have to well, live with. We addressed it earlier. No yeah. one's going to agree. We've even seen two greats, Fittler and Johns, didn't agree on it. One had a different opinion. But at the end of the day, I think the refs have to make a call on the spot, and they did. Tom Douglas, I heard Talis on radio saying he doesn't think Milford will ever live up to his potential if he stays at 5'8". He seemed to be... Of the belief, uh, unless he returns to fullback, he'll be a bit of what it could have been type player. I think this is bloody harsh. What do you boys think? Oh, I don't think he's played overly well this year, and I don't know whether that's a result of him playing at 5'8". I think it's more a result in the fact that they've chopped and changed with their spine. They've had injuries to Boyd, players out with origin. He went in and played game one of origin and then was dropped. Well, he's uh, going to have shoulder injury. reconstruction too at the end of the year. He had that injury. He had the injury to McCulloch. There's just been a lot of chopping and changing, which I think has affected his form. Go back to the year they made the grand final. He was... Um, he was very good. He was, yeah, exceptional. I'm, I must say, though, if you want me to give my opinion after watching him play under-20s and watching him come into grade, I like him at fullback. I think he's better at the back where he gets to pick and choose his moments. He obviously gets to but run. But are we talking from an Anthony Milford perspective or a Brisbane perspective? Because it's not all about Anthony Milford. No, it's team sport. I'm getting that. They picked him to be a 5'8". But if you wanted to ask, what do you think his best position is? I think he's better as a fullback. No, I think he's a better 5'8". I'm not going to I like him on the ball. And I want him on the ball as much as possible. And I don't think he, he gets on the ball. And what are you going to do with Darius Boyd? Well, I honestly think he's a better ball player. I think he could move into play halves later on. But at the right. back, I must say he... Organises better. He's a great defender. His bomb defusal rate is higher than anyone else in the comp, so he's safe as he has at the back. Who? Darius Boyd. That's what I'm saying. But That's I just the best think, fit at the moment for the Broncos is with Milford at 5'8". I think defensively at times, Milford can get bogged down. He doesn't make the greatest decisions. I think he can get lost in the front line sometimes as yeah. well because he doesn't get the roam around and pop up where he wants, whereas at fullback, he's a bit of a spark plug, and I think he's got that ability at the back to change the game, and he can ball play, so... Yeah. Um, I think he's better than most sixes as well. Don't get me wrong, but if you ask me, I think it's I, more his training and more his involvement in games that's going to affect him. Not so much the number on his back. I wouldn't agree with Talison saying that he couldn't make a great cut a great group, uh, a great career out at five eight. I think he's an outstanding footballer. That's what I'm but I, don't, I really I don't like think him. It's more than the number on his back. I really like him at fullback. I just think it frees up the best part of his game, which is just his running game, and he can still ball play there. Uh, Scott Brahoney, he says, uh, what's happened to Corey Norman since the introduction of Mitchell Moses? Seems he's taken a backstage role compared to the beginning of the season. Yeah, agree. We've said it on this show, and Corey Norman had a Dally M start to the year. First two months, he, he was probably would have won it last year if he didn't yeah. get suspended. So uh, uh, They've got to work that out over the off-season. It's a little bit of he wanted to relinquish some of the dominance and give Mitchell Moses a role, but I think it went too far the other way to the point where it affected his form, no doubt. Well, Brad Arthur had mentioned on the weekend, he's kind of spoke to him about needing to ease up a bit and play a little bit more where he sees and be a bit free, but I think he's been a little bit too selective and not forcing himself on games, and he needs to do that because he's such a quality footballer. Obviously, with two dominant players, it is hard to do so, but Norman certainly needs to put himself more at the forefront because by those two Brisbane games, I thought he was very quiet. Uh, Daniel Ailu. Uh, he says, how do you rate Tamalolo this year compared to last, considering he won the Dalian last season? He's quick play of the balls, but devastating on the weekend. Also, what do you think 
of the recent commentary to use him on an edge. Well, they're going to use him on an edge for certain plays next year, obviously, when they lay that platform, not purely on an edge because he doesn't get enough football, but you put Scott back in with McLean, the job that Bolton's done, you lay a couple of quick platforms, which is what he's been having to do with these guys missing. He's going to be an absolute weapon on the back of that. And you've got Cohen Hess. Some of the shapes you could run with quick play the balls on the edge using Tamalolo and Hess as part of a shape or two lead runners, like the Roosters like to do with Pierce when he does that with Cordner sometimes at the centre. Next year, again, we're, we're talking in hypotheticals moving forward, but if they hold down the middle and Scott comes back anywhere near what he was and McLean, there's going to be some options for Morgan and Thurston to use with those two big boppers, in particular Tamalolo. Look, I think his form's just as good, if not better. Hard to know. Uh, looking at numbers, I don't like to look at numbers. His form's just as good. Uh, his impact, it's more difficult for him to have an impact without those key guys around him. So, yeah, just as good, if not better. And using him on an edge, yeah, like in on the odd occasion, yes. But he, you need him in the middle to create that oh, roller. Just for certain players. For offloads, not exclusively. So. Yeah, not exclusively. And they've got two good back rollers in Lowe and Cooper. So you, yeah. you wouldn't be displacing either of them. No. Troy Byrne, not a question, but how good was it to see Thurston cleaning up, handing out the beers and making sure everyone was iced? All I could think was the discussion you boys had on culture and shows why the Cowboys are having such success this season. Even with the injury sustained, I wonder if the home plane would find himself in that position. What do you look at, Roosters? Mm. All Blacks. All Blacks yeah. culture, that's what it is. Um, cleaning up the sheds and, yeah, doing the right. It's, it's perfect because it, there's no no one's bigger than the team, regardless of how much money you're on. And if you're not playing, you need to contribute in another way. So, yeah, that's good to see. Well, William Robertson's brought up the Oates issue again and uh, saying what are our thoughts on it. We've obviously covered that. And he said that Freddie was filthy. And John said, obviously, like us, he thought they made the right call. Yeah, William, William we agree. But I, as a I supporter, think... he's just saying he thought Oates was in serious trouble yeah. and all he cared about was what And William goes for the Broncos. Yeah. But I don't think that's a biased opinion. But we flip I, I it again. If you were a Panthers... I think he's in a, he was in serious trouble. And the, the question for William would be if it was Josh Mansell, would you have the same opinion? And I tend to think he would. Yeah. And so play on. And that's the same thing we're yeah. saying to any Panther fan out there. Flip it in the other way around. And if Brisbane picked up and scored off that, would, would you, you be filthy about yeah. it? So, uh, yeah, easy to say as a hypothetical. But if it actually happened, the You emotion... need to think about it at the time. Yeah. At the time. You're the referee. It's very easy to sit in an armchair and watch replay after re- They see it once and it did not look good. Yeah. And he called it straight away. Yeah. Jay Smith, hey, boys, any truth to Carney coming back? He's going to be coming back. Love to hear your thoughts and where you would like to see him and uh, where, we think where do you up. think he'll actually yeah. end up? Cheers for the pod. Well, there is talk. He wants to come back. He's obviously losing, uh, moving on from Salford uh, after uh, get, trying to leave last year and come back, which didn't pan out. I think the whole Sharks thing and the court case is settled for more memory now, but who could use him? I think if there's any truth about Blake Green moving on that Manly... Blake Green is guaranteed moving. Well, we've basically got the mail. We've talked to Gossip today, and we'll talk about that later on. Well, it's when we not go even through. Gossip. I've got mail. He's leaving. 100% yeah, well, done deal. Again, we'll speak about it a bit more later, but where would you want Todd Carney if he's come back? Or would you take Todd Carney? No, I wouldn't take him. You wouldn't take him? No. Where, no. where uh, he He's would... played in the Super League too long for me, and he's just... He's got form. Like, unless you're really, really desperate... Well, he's also had injuries still over there with his hamstring. And he's, I, I think, know. 30, How old is 31 he now? now. He's same he's age as you. Yeah, he's so. 31. By that point and a couple of years out, could he like, make an Yeah, effect? if you're desperate, yeah. And for the right price, yeah. But outside of that... But where's he going to fit? That's the thing. No, thanks. You look around like... The Bulldogs? Oh, well, no. Well, they're about the only one. They've got Norman... Oh, sorry, what about Norman? They've got Foreign and they've got Mbai, who finished the year playing back in the halves. They've got Farmanu Brown over there. 
Frawley, uh, maybe for a, yeah, that situation. Newcastle, but do you really want to inject that into your culture? No, nah, well, they've got Sharks, Liam, Liam if, Cogger. If, They're not bringing him back. They just finished a, law, a dispute with him. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, That's fair. not happening. Yeah. Tigers have already paid for Reynolds. I was You've just got, thinking halves at all, yeah. Yeah, halves, that's what I'm yeah. going through. Most clubs seem pretty sorted, to be honest. And someone like Penrith, who tried to get a crack earlier, if Moylan did move on that injuries, I don't even think they'd go there. Mm. So it's pretty hard to look at a club and say they out and out need. They're desperate for Todd Carney. No one really is desperate for Todd Carney. Uh, would I like to see him back? Yes, if he was in that cracking form. I don't know what he's been playing like in the Super League. I haven't seen much of him, but no. you've you probably watch a bit more than I yeah, have. Yeah, no. He's been playing okay, average. Well, he's been playing at a Super League standard. So, yeah, but NRL week by week, starting He could play dominating. in the NRL. Yeah, but could he dominate? Well, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be willing to take the gamble. I don't know where he fits other than where More, he... more. It doesn't really worry me what he does on the field. Yeah. I think you're taking a gamble on the field, but you sort of know what he is off the field as well. Yeah. Which is potentially trouble. So, well, there's do you no really one, want to roll the dice on both aspects, on and off the field? There's no, no one that stands out to me unless you bring him back in as an extra option. Mm. And a couple of clubs might be interested in that. And if they get an injury or if Penner start the year like that, but I don't even think they'd touch him. So, I, I don't know if anyone's willing to look at him, mate. Zach Maitland, Jason Tamlato, what a beast. Is he the best forward in the NRL at the moment? Yes. And do you think Sturlo is right and that he should spend a bit more time out wide? I think Kiri would have nightmares. Not parked out on the edge like he was in his early days, but you can use him in set pieces like we spoke about. But I think he's easily the best forward in the competition. Yeah, no doubt. Stuart Bulk, how is it that Melbourne finished on the top of ladder by a country mile, yet barely a word spoken about them all finals? The first week after they played Parrot and won, it was all about how good Parramatta was, noticing people already writing us off and that the Broncos are a certainty to play the GF. Sorry, lads, just venting. Storm gets zero respect and yet are the hardest workers. Anyways, thanks for the podcast and go Storm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I, I think, well, I think because they're down in Melbourne and no one really likes them. They've got a lot of Queenslanders in their team. It's not well liked, Melbourne. Well, I think the other big one was what Will Chambers brought up today. Everyone's just basically saying that everyone's done and they're in and it's their comp to lose. And he's like, if you think that the Cowboys again are playing just to finish fourth this week, you're all kidding yourselves. And we've got to prepare. And you've got to. We have to win it. Pretty straight, simple. But any team participating is not there just to play for a place. Yeah. So I think Will Chambers probably summed up today in the fact that they're constantly going, oh, it's Melbourne's comp, it's Melbourne's comp. They've got to prepare. They've got to win the games at the end of the day, just like everybody else, and there's still two to go. Yeah. So, yeah, see if they can get the job done. Rob Carter, just a different view on the Oates KO. Do you think the rules should be changed to say if a player loses the ball but it is clearly unconscious, then that team still retains possession? Well, how are you going to make that call yeah, unless well, you do it in hindsight? Refs aren't doctors. So, no, yeah. you just got to make a gut call. Like, you, no more rules. Too no many more rules. rules. No. No. It because and then you just bitch and moan about the rules they get wrong. But you want to keep adding rules. Yeah. We've got to we've set it for making the problem worse, not fixing the problem. Gotta simplify, if anything, nothing else like that. And they're not doctors, and it says here it would mean that with issues so on Friday wouldn't have happened again. Well again, like I said, what who's a referee to judge whether it being someone's KO'd and on video review or playing cat and mouse at the time because they've copped the nip in fast and it looks bad. Like, it's it's too many grey area in it again. We can't introduce things like that. Yeah. Jackson Mazian says, what does the NRL want in return for the 30% above salary cap annual grant each club will receive? They have never had it before and nothing is free. Obviously, clubs are on their own now with no bailouts, but what else? Maybe some extra game promotion is mandatory. Well, I don't know. We're not in on those... No one's in on those talks, and yeah. I think the whole process has been a bit grey, to be honest. All we hear is a little bit here and there that the players have been greedy and the players hot what they want. We know a little bit about the conditions, but for the 30%. We'd want everything. If it's 30%, they need to do absolutely everything to promote the game. Yeah. 
Promote the Everything game. in the NRL ask. Off-field behaviour, all the standards, go to the schools, all that kind of stuff. They want, obviously, as much a as whole they want. I don't want a piece. I want the whole thing. I want a whole thing. Ben Nobbs, what are the Panthers doing wrong inside the 20? Well, <sighs> too, struct- too much structure. Too much structure. Same shape. Block, block. Uh, they don't promote the football. They don't push in numbers. No. They don't really create quick play the balls. They don't have enough depth. I don't think they kick overly well either. No, so. They don't create any deception whatsoever. You can see what's coming 10 times before. They didn't turn anyone under. They didn't run any different shapes. It was the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, and it got more obvious, I guess, when May was off the field and the fact that Edwards is a bit limited at the moment because he's only a converted fullback the last couple of years. But um, it was basically where's Cleary. That's where the football is going. But, yeah, they definitely need to address that. Jamie Dutton, what is the problem at the Panthers? Players not having a dig or bad coaching or a mixture of both. Well, there's some players... I having a dig. I think everyone's having a dig, but there's some guys that didn't have a great year. I think Tarnow didn't have a great year, Merrin, etc. You can look at that side, but I think most of it is tactics. Like we said, they've got to change some stuff, open up a bit more. I think they've got to get more back to the way they were playing under Cleary and keep some of the structure, but right now it's just way too predictable. Mm. Mark Gordon, interested to hear your thoughts on the TMO used in Rugby Union. I love the fact that the on-field ref and the video ref official have a conversation about the player while watching the replay and share their thoughts. Then the on-field official has the final say. Many of my friends who don't watch much rugby always comment on how good it is to see and hear this. Yeah. Well, there's no reason why the NRL couldn't do that. The more people that got an opinion on it, as long as they get it right. Yeah. Well, I've seen the TMO. I don't watch a whole lot of rugby in but I do like it for that reason. They do yeah. discuss it. They give an opinion. He talks to him through video. They can both kind of see it. So it's something they can definitely look at, no doubt about it. Andrew Poino, what are your thoughts on this weird back-and-forth mentality when it comes to NRL players in the eyes of fans? For example, six months ago, Moses was stuck at the Tigers whining about wanting to go to Para, and even had his uncle basically send a note asking to excuse him. Yet once he plays with Para, a lot of commentators sing his praises. Same with Semi, 18 months ago, bitching about state of origin eligibility and threatened to go to Union if he didn't get his way. Yet all the commentary for the past month is how devastating a player he is. Also, thank Christ, Para won't win the comp this year. Mm. Well, go for it. Go for it. Opinions yeah. flip back and forth, left, right, and centre. I've been willing to eat my words and the fact that I think he's been playing better. Why is it Parramatta? But I'm still not going to hide away from the fact that at the Tigers, I said he was a cancer and he needed to move on. And I think Cleary realised that when he got there. Yeah. He looked I, him. I, he I, didn't, I, his form at Parramatta has been a lot better. He needed to move on from the Tigers. So. He didn't pull that contract because he's not talented. He pulled that contract because he thought, you're too far gone for me to save this group, basically. Pretty much. Woods yeah. was... Their talk, Tedesco's talk was more about frustration about not winning. Brooks didn't say a word, but the leader of it all and the one banging the drum and the one that he thought might interfere the rebuild was Moses, hence why he pulled the deal. Yeah, People backflipping or changing or singing their praises, well, you can't hold a grudge forever. Yeah, he did carry on like a little bitch. Uh, yeah, he was being a bit of a, a pain in the ass and he was moved on and he's gone to a strong place with a strong coach and a tough team. His defense has got better. And like I said last week, you haven't heard anything about him off the field, have you? No. For that reason. He's been playing football and doing what he should be doing. The semi thing, uh, I have no big qualm about that. I honestly don't listen a lot of time to the commentators when we watch the game. I just want to watch the football. So, uh, Declan James, who's in your England team for the World Cup? Do you think Bennett Pitt will pick uh, any foreign players with English heritage? In my opinion, I think they have the players to compete with Australia and New Zealand without any foreign players. Yeah, I tend to agree. Well, McQueen, Heinington, he reckons, people reckon these guys are going, sure, you can't pick Heinington. No, you shouldn't, McQueen, pick, you shouldn't pick either of them. Like, oh, I don't agree with those no. guys being picked. Who's, you said something more so the halves you didn't agree with like what was picked earlier in the year. Yeah, I'd be picking Snead. Uh, George Williams, to me, isn't in their best set of halves. So I, I'd play Whittop and Snead. 
would be my halves. There you go. You watch more Super League than I do. I have some players that obviously like, like Callum Watkins, and I like that uh, McGeekin that plays for Castleford, the back yeah. row, and there's a few guys like that. But I haven't seen enough of uh, those halves to probably make as much comment as you, other than knowing that uh, you know Woodop's going to be there in the six and Hodgson's going to be in on. Put it this way, there'd be a handful I'd have ahead of um, George Williams. Yep, well, there you go. That's coming from mm. someone there. And the foreign players, I wouldn't include Heinington, those guys. If Bennett was serious about helping England grow, he should be picking those young guys that have been performing. Guys from Cass and some of those teams. Hulk has been going good, haven't they? If there's anyone that's no, Hulk younger... Hulk are in the bottom oh, tier. Oh, sorry, not Hulk are. Hull, Hull FC. That's where Snead is, yeah. But anybody who's playing well, younger, and has a future, they're the ones you should be looking for. You shouldn't be pulling in McQueen, Heinington, trying to snatch the Morris brothers like you did. In the... I don't agree with that. That's not helping. Yeah. What's the helping pick in Heinington? He's 34, 35 years old. That's not helping. We said that at the time. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's stupid. Uh, Jackson Macyon again says, Queensland dominating the final series on the back of more origin dominance. Well, if you look at the breakdown of the teams, there is a heavy Queensland influence, 100%. Yeah. North Fair Queensland's cool. got, I think, four. Melbourne's got maybe five. The Broncos, obviously, four again. And I think the Roosters got two. You got yeah. Napa and, uh, you know, so, yeah, that's a fair call. And it's been that way the last couple of years. We had the Brisbane Cowboys grand final. You've had Melbourne a lot of the time and a lot of the final four teams, like you know, always seem to be featuring a lot of Queensland players. Jack Neymar Marquand says, Michael Morgan, what a superstar. Do you guys reckon he is in the top five best players in the world this year? I think he is. I Yeah, I think he is. He's been outstanding. And I think someone asked a question earlier or someone today talked to me about it, him or Munster playing six. I think Munster oh, could obviously the play the utility role if you wanted him to, just like Morgan could. Circle but Morgan. either way, it's Both going to be, be in the, side. the storm spine. And one of those guys is, to me, starting six and the other one's the utility. Yeah. And people said Munster can't. Well, how can Munster can't? He plays fullback. He plays six. He plays centre. He plays all those spots. If you yeah. want him to carry in the middle, he's tough enough to break you just, the tackles. To me, you just pick the Melbourne spine and then play Morgan wherever. It doesn't matter where Morgan plays. He's just always on the ball. He runs. So Yeah. Uh, Colin Westcott, can the Cowboys' fairytale run continue this week? Seems like last week uh, they've played two teams who have beaten themselves with penalties and errors while they've just kept completing and putting on the pressure. The Roosters haven't played the full 80 most of the season. If they keep that up this week... Do the Cowboys have a legitimate chance? Love the show. Look forward to it. Yeah, well, we covered it earlier. I, yeah. yeah, 100% they can um, they can win, definitely. But they're going to have to be perfect. Yeah, but also at the same time, you look at the Roosters who have been so patchy. If they do anything like that. The formula's there. Yeah, 100%. Gavin Black dished the dirt at the Panthers, and why is Gerdsey only ex-Panther great applying pressure on well, We've spoken about it all year. The so. guy couldn't put a game plan together to save his life. Well, again, we've talked about Well, this tactics. is what Gus wanted. Yeah. Gus wanted this. He, didn't, he wanted Cleary out. He wanted someone... I don't know, perceived more discipline and to bring, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think Gus envisaged that this is how it, was, it would turn out uh, because they, they do. They look rudderless in attack. And under Ivan, they were exceptional in attack. So, yeah, it's it's a head scratcher. It was dish the dirt. Well, we, we don't have any dirt no as dirt. such. I mean, well, like we're hearing it, what everyone else is hearing. But if you know, you've listened, sort of murmurs about Moylan. If you listen all year, you basically would have heard everything we've got anyway. That, you know, just certain selections, coaching style, you know, there's just all those little bits and pieces that we've talked about the whole time. You've got guys like Kikau, Akawal that we would have played over Tim Brown. We wouldn't have played Wunga Blake. It took until those guys to get injured to be out of the side and someone like Peter Wallace. I think Rain's the best nine at the club. They haven't re-signed him yet. I honestly think that's a mistake if they let him go. Um, yeah. I don't think Wallace can hold up physically in the middle for much longer. I don't think Katoa's disciplined enough to replace him, and I don't think Wade Egan's ready to play NRL 80 minutes every week in, week out. Yeah, that's so, why it's on Mitch Rain. There's things like that I look at, and Mitch Rain, again, having an outstanding year, cup hooker of the year. Um, there's lots of things that Griffin's done that I don't agree with, but there's no dirt to be dished per se. No. Just all the stuff we've talked about. 
Uh, Dean Ostaniel, I'd like your thoughts on what Gus had to say on his podcast about game management by the referees. Does this always happen or only with certain referees or certain teams? Has this always occurred or is this recent? It's recent. It's uh, Game management is just don't decide the game, basically. Give everyone, try and give everyone the same amount of penalties. Manage the game, not referee the game. So, yeah, it's more a style. It's an archer style. And they've got to get away from it because it's ugly and it changes from game to game. Yeah, it's I'll, not a good look. Not a good look. I, I agree with everything that Gus said on the podcast. So Yeah, I'm uh, not going to disagree with you there. What was the rest of the question? Also says here, in my opinion, the referees have nearly always tried to favour the losing team to make it more of a contest, but I think it has increased in recent times, bringing more closer results week to week. Is this a good thing, having these close results in competition, or are the NRL asking for trouble by manipulating matches? I think they're trying well, to manipulate matches. That's a very big call, I think, yeah. saying they're manipulating matches to get close games, but... Uh, getting excited about my Roosters' chances, go the Chooks. Yeah, well, they're a huge chance. They should win this week. Yep. And, uh, should. Should. So should have Parramatta. 100%. That wraps up the Facebook questions. Last few here on Twitter. Wombat says, Smokies for the Kangaroos World Cup squad. Ethan Lowe. And will it be Morgan or Munster at six? Well, well it doesn't matter. Either, both of them are going to be in the side. Just Ethan Lowe, that. no. No, he's not going to be in over some of the back rows that are available. Uh, David says, Why won't the NRL send people off for tripping and Cameron King untying laces? of the Melbourne player and the scrum was just a low act, but the NRL did nothing. Oh, I think you're overreacting. I don't that. have a big problem with the laces, but I will say what I said last week, not trying to say Melbourne to bias, single. but if Cameron Smith pulled his laces, there would have been a big blow. Well, I said that to you. He's a grub, I said if so. he did it, there would have been a huge blow. But I don't have a big thing with it. It's just a bit of gamesmanship. No. Zach Maitland, who will replace Hook if and when he is sacked, who would you choose? He's not going to get sacked. They're talking about contract extension, and that's what they want to do. So I doubt he's going to get sacked. And who would replace him? We've said this before, and that would be my opinion. If they're so big on Barrett, Garth, Brennan, these guys, surely one of those would step straight in the job. Yeah. And if they didn't, I think they'd be a bit hypocritical by the club. So uh, you'd think Brennan would be next man up internally if they've pumped his tyres, if Griffin hypothetically left, but I don't think well, it's going to happen. Brennan was there when he sacked Ivan. So. Yeah. Question for NRL Gossip from Zach Maitland. Both Darius Boyd and Billy Slater are both on contract next year. Will they both play with their current clubs? Well, the Darius Boyd thing, mate, we can tell you now, we spoke about it before, and he's mentioned it. They're going to re-sign. It's just sorting out terms, probably some salary cap stuff, but he's in no rush. As long as Bennett's there, Darius Boyd's going to be there. Slater, I can tell you, Melbourne made an offer. He said that himself and so was the club, but he's not willing to make a decision because he's not sure whether he wants to go through another preseason and whether he's keen enough to do it again. My guess is if, I, they, if they win, he's done. If they win the company, he plays in the World Cup, it's highly doubtful he's going to come back. But mm. Melbourne have an offer out there. They're wanting to play one more year. You're not going to hear anything until after the grand final, so it's not even worth talking mad. about. He'd be mad not to play. Boyd will 100% beat the Broncos. Slater won't make a decision until the end of the year. Duffelcoat Supreme, should the ref have let play on my notes? Well, we've already talked about that one, champion. Cheers for that one. Casper, uh, the King incident was funny. Hardly something the NRL should take action over. Yeah, agree. If you're, in your opinion, best, worst, grand final entertainment over recent years, I might be nostalgic, but nothing beats Tina Turner. Nah, none of it. Honestly, nah, I can't remember. Good Charlotte, good Charlotte was good. Because a lot of the time when that happens, we go have a punt um, on a few punts. The script, they had the script. Script's probably not a grand final type. No. Nah. I like the script, but yeah, I, I think probably good Charlotte were good. I think this year's um, not Jimmy Barnes is all right. I like Macklemore. What's wrong with Macklemore? Macklemore will be good. But we're, we're, we're young and we yeah. sort of, yeah. If you got that glorious song and uh, the like, the ceiling can't hold us. That couple of songs. Downtown, They're my favourite song. Downtown, of yeah. you don't want your beef, boy. That's right. That's right. Getting close. Uh, Farmer Jack Bennett isn't going anywhere. Oh, sorry, he said about Boyd. Exactly what we just said before. Uh, Jason, I think that's in relation. That's not a question. That's no, in relation no, to your yeah, conversation yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Uh, Farmer Jack's getting angry about the shoelaces. A low act. 
So you must live in a wonderful, magical society. Where do we join up? Here we go. This is a good question. People are getting Simon. angry. Simon Fraser, our power, one of the worst teams to ever make the four. Think of 2013 quality when it was Roosters, South Storm, and Manly. Hashtag different gravy. Uh, yeah, well, I think just the comp's been ordinary this year. So I wouldn't slight, uh, kick power in the nuts over it. I just think the whole Other teams dropped the ball. Ordinary. The yeah. Sharks were supposed to be in the top four and give trouble. They didn't. Manly were up and down like a yo-yo. The Cowboys lost players, which probably held them from being in the top four, which yeah. I think they would have. Um, there's one thing I must say, Simon, you can't agree with me now. You said the AFL final series was going to be better than the NRL. Surely you'd agree that it's been dog shit because yeah. there's been nothing but blowouts. Surely you've got to agree that the NRL well, there was finals. one overtime game, I think, in the AFL, wasn't but there? Every other one's just been a bloodbath, yeah, really. Agree. But right. come on, Simon, you've got to have enjoyed yeah, the finals. Yeah. Move on. Michael We're not Johnson. About fucking AFL on this show. Yeah, true that. Why do people care if a Sydney team is in the GF? If it isn't my team, it doesn't matter where they're from. I'll just support the breast mm. brand of football for It's my- old school, stupid. Who cares? I don't care who's in the grand final. I think it's just the same old Queensland. I just kind want of to see the best teams. Hate the best going on. possible game. And uh, Chris Cohen, why wouldn't Para break the Cowboys' defense? Two tries from poor Cowboy kicks and nothing time uh, try from the Cows' Eric. Because they had no patience, no discipline. Yeah, same as last week, dropping the ball, second, third tackle, giving away penalties, putting themselves in their own half. They just couldn't. They, they would have easily broken it down if they had some patience. Yeah, but they certainly didn't have any of that on the night. But that wraps up all the questions uh, from all the fans. So we appreciate those from everyone moving on. To Mr. Gossip, or we would have been, but he's messages. He's been held back at work, so no gossip tonight, Boxhead. So we, before we move on and do and our all gossip and uh, our tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com, we've got to thank Richmond Residential, another one of our charity partners on the show. They are a strategic financial management consultancy delivering a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for the commercial and non-commercial financial sectors. They offer financial strategy, equity loans, commercial loans, financial management, mortgage restructuring, home loans, debt consolidation, refinancing, superannuation planning, and many, many other services. Each professionals have a strong client focus and their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want. They work with you and for you to get where you want to be. Contact them today on 02882444000. Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn or book your complimentary strategy session and visit them at Suite. 415-33, Lexington Drive, Bella Vista. Thank you, Richmond Residential. But now, NRL Gossip, brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. No gossip tonight. Disappointing. Penrith yeah. crash out. Gossip crashes out. He's been held back at work. He's on Mad Monday with him. He's on Mad Monday. It's not held back at work, the poor bastard. But uh, looking at the games, I suppose we just do previews while we do the tips right now. But we'll run through the gossip that he has first before we move on to that. And the first piece we have here, Moylan to Manly should be announced after the finals. And as mentioned last week and multiple times, Blake Green to the Warriors box head. Yeah. Agreed. Blake Green will go. Uh, good move. He, well, he wanted, he wanted to stay at Manly. Uh, they wouldn't give him the money or the contract length. I know that for a fact. So. Well, he's already got a contract, so clearly he's seeking an upgrade as well. No, it, he was looking at an upgrade. He's got next year, but yeah. he wanted more on top of that. The Warriors, I think, are offering him three on top of what he's well, already got. Well, on top got, of that, so. let's be honest, perfect partner for Sean Johnson. Yeah. Because I said it last week and you'd agree with me 100%. That's good if anyone deserves an upgrade or credit for this year, for as much as Cherry Evans did to win some games, Blake Green deserves a haircut off his contract, how much he contributed this year. Yeah. He was um, well worth the money. I would have thought eight or nine hundred he'll get at the Warriors. And this is the other side of the things. Moylan to Manly to partner with Cherry Evans in the halves doesn't work to it me. It doesn't. It doesn't work at all. He's not stable. He doesn't organize. He doesn't kick like Blake Green. Uh, I think he was 
close to getting the most repeat sets. He kicked a heap of 40-20s. He steers around the field. Moylan's got a running game, sure, but I don't think he's the partner that Cherry Evans needs. Cherry Evans needs somebody like Foran did to organise, set things up, and let him float around and be the star partner. I think these two, if anything, are going to clash. Yeah, I agree. That's similar, my similar style of player. But uh, that, to me, is very surprising, and they weren't willing to play. I would have maybe not given the years, but I definitely would have upgraded Green for another year at least and then sorted something out. But, um, yeah, they've got a 20s kid, Tom Wright. They've got big raps on He played well on the weekend as well. But, again, he's more in that mould of a Cherry Evans. So, Blake Green to the Warriors, you think that's a good move? Yes. I don't like their forward pack, but you'd have to think that's a right move for Great Johnson. move. Great move. Bulldogs from Gossip here. It's a split 50-50 on Dean Pay and Madge for the coaching situation. Either. Yeah. Well, let's put it this Either way. They'd be going against their own word when everyone's whinged and blown up saying they need someone who's got dog's DNA, got the handprints on it. So you'd have to think it's going to be Dean Pay, wouldn't you? Mm. Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, again, I think Madge is probably... The coach on the market, if you're going to say best coach available, and we say you go out and get them, it would be him. But for the dog's situation, the way things have been trumpeted, you'd have to think that it's going to be Dean Poe. Yeah, 100%. Wait and see what happens there. Speaking of the Bulldogs, talk is Brett Morris is getting offers very, very late now from Cronulla, and the Dragons apparently making a small play with the Bulldogs willing to tip in some money to take him off their hands. The word was... Which Morris? Brett Morris. Brett. The word was, and this is what I got, both brothers were approached to find a new club and they both basically said, rack off, we've got another year to run. They've got back-ended deals both around six, 700000 and almost basically told the Bulldogs, well, that's your problem. Mm. But now it's obviously coming to light that maybe there's an offer out there for Brett to go to someone like the Sharks. My question is, why would the Sharks want him? Because the rumours was it was to play fullback. If you've just paid $800,000 for Valentine Holmes, brought in Josh Dugan to play centre but also plays fullback, Aaron Gray, Fecky, home. Uh, you know, there's, there's guys still there to fill those positions. It seems a bit outlandish, even if you were going to get him for maybe 400, 300 to buy him. He's got a bold tyre on his knee. The Bulldogs said themselves they struggle to play him at fullback because week to week he's being managed. He wouldn't last a whole year playing fullback. So this to me is a bit of a strange move. I agree. Yeah. Um, and they've just had, again, they didn't win the comp, but six kids in the team of the year, and a lot of them are good outside backs. Lumi Lumi. Katoa in their under-20 side, surely a couple of those guys get promoted on the cheap rather than picking up a veteran who's just retired from rep football and has got a bold tyre. Mm. That doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah. Uh, and the Dragons doesn't make sense either. No, I, I don't get it. But that's about all the gossip this week and obviously the big one, Moylan to Manly, Black Green the Warriors. You heard it here first a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about it. Um, both Brock and Gossip agree that that's basically a certainty to happen. But moving on to our tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure... You do it with William Hill. Monday, we don't have the lineups, but you can basically safely assume that Melbourne, after the week off, there'll be no dramas there, 1-17, to 17, locked and loaded. The bench can vary at times, but it's usually nothing too major. You're looking at Kenny Bromwich, uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona. Sometimes he carries Slade Griffin, sometimes he doesn't, but you're basically expecting an all-out forwards onslaught and maybe one utility player. Uh, on the Brisbane side of things, Pungai Jr., Boyd, apparently are guarantees to come back this week. And besides that... Uh, you're looking at who's missing. Corey Oates, you've said, might be missing. What do you do there? You just put meat on the wing, don't you? Surely, and Boyd yep. goes back to fullback. Yep. So you'd be assuming those two might come back, but you have to tip Melbourne in Melbourne, surely. Melbourne. Yeah, and Gossip, he's also tipped Melbourne, and the odds makers at Willem Hill, they agree 100%. $1.30 for the Storm, three fifty five for the Broncos, minus 9.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Storm, 285, 450 for the Broncos. 13 plus Storm is 225 and $12. For the Broncos, the second game, 
It is the Roosters and the Cowboys. The Roosters, much the same as what we said. Uh, they've had the week off. You'd assume they're going to be full strength. Uh, the only question, Luke Keary was quarantined today for a bit of sick uh, stomach uh, bug or food poisoning, but that's well, well away. They're playing the Saturday game, so plenty of turnaround there. Cowboys, people were calling for a shoulder charge on Tumble on the weekend. That wasn't a shoulder charge. No. He tried to get the arm out. That's just dumb. Uh, I don't think there was any major concerns, probably bar Hess. He played through that knee, but I'm not 100% sure. But that was, yeah. Other than that, uh, I love what they've done the last two weeks. They've been very brave, and they're going to make the Roosters earn it, but you you have to tip the Roosters again, given the week off. Oh, my God. No, I, I said that I'd tip whoever played the Roosters. I, the Roosters uh, struggled to beat the Titans in round 26, got away with it. Uh, they struggled to beat the Broncos. Well, didn't struggle to beat the Broncos, but again, it's a game they just dicked around in. Uh, so... I like what the Cowboys are doing. I think the Cowboys will be right in this game. Uh, I agree Roosters deserve to be favourites, but I don't think the Cowboys should be $3.20. Uh, $1.35 is a bit, to me, disrespectful based on what they've done the last two weeks. I like what Parramatta did against Melbourne. Uh, I know it was only a one-off, but carrying that form on, uh, the Cowboys have then did a number. did a really good job on Parramatta. So I'm just going off the form. I like the odds. You know, if you, if you said to me, gun to the head, who, who would I tip? I'd tip the Roosters. But yeah. uh, I, I like the odds. I think they got the odds wrong. I like the form. I don't like the fact the Roosters have had the two weeks off, and I don't like the Roosters' form. I don't like the Roosters' form for the the whole year. So, they, I, you know, Roosters on best form win it, but I just don't trust that they, they're going to play to their best because they haven't for the majority of this season. So We'll, we'll do a bit more of a preview after the odds, but Gossip, he's gone the Roosters as well. I... Could win the tipping comp if I tip differently in this game, but I'd have to tip all the grand finals different. So I don't really care. I'm just going to tip who I think is going to win. Yeah, it uh, Storm and Roosters. Uh, well, there you go. Cowboys for you. WilliamHill.com, the odds. The Roosters are $1.35, 320 for the Cowboys. Minus eight is the line. One to 12 Roosters, 280, 425 for the Cowboys. 13 plus Roosters, 245, $10. For the Cowboys... Uh, and and who's your momentum team? Cowboys, you're a momentum team. 100%. There's always a momentum team, every year. Not disagreeing with you at all, as far as that is concerned. Uh, they've got some specials here with WilliamHill.com as well. I think the finals markets to make the grand final is exactly as those odds are, so thirty for both the favourites and the Roosters and the Storm. Uh, the eventual premiers market to win the comp, if you want to bet on that right now with William Hill, $1.75 now the Storm, three fifty. For the Roosters, if you like that, the Broncos, $8. If you think they can upset the Storm at $11, the momentum team, like Brock said, if you want the Cowboys to be in the grand final. How uh, much? 11 bucks. No, that's to win it. To win the comp. Yeah. To make the grand final. The Cowboys, 320 The Broncos, 345 well, that's, that's the odds. That's, that's what I said. Odds. Yeah. Before, Sorry, mate. Yeah. Reflecting the odds. Yeah. The Quinella, if you think it's going to be Melbourne, North, Queensland. I thought you said it was 11 for him to no. make the grand final. Jeez. To win the comp. If you go with your Quinella, though, Storm, North, Queensland with WilliamHill.com, you'll get $4.50. Oh, I got it at the start of the year at 21 so yeah. I'm well, pulling for it. Melbourne Roosters is exactly as the odds are for Melbourne to win the comp, $1.75. For the rematch of 2015, Broncos, North, Queensland would be $11.00. If the Broncos can upset Melbourne and play the Roosters for 65, they're the winning region, which we had at the start of the year. 
You can get better odds on it now than what you could at the start yeah, of the year. Yeah, we had so. $3.60 for a Queensland team. That's pretty crazy saying that two of the four teams left to Queensland well, teams exactly. are still the outside. You're saying that neither have got any chance, basically. The basically odds you're just now, saying that Melbourne are a lock. 425 says that the Queensland team wins the comp. New South Wales team, 350. Any other region was obviously Raiders, Warriors, Storm, still. Well, so it's Storm, $1.75, Roosters, 350 and Broncos and Cowboys, yeah. 425 Exactly, basically yeah. the same market. There's top point scorer, top try scorer. It's a bit of a hard market to get on because if you backed anyone from Melbourne, obviously they had the week off. So Suliasi, top try scorer, seven dollars. Addo Car four fifty. Oates three twenty five was the favourite. He might not play this weekend. Latrell well, Mitchell six dollars. Roberts nine dollars. Billy Slater ten twenty six for Will Chambers. And then it blows out. Blake Ferguson thirty one. There's a couple of people like no, him. I don't, I don't like that market. How do you know? A, it's a very hard market, no yeah. doubt about it. The top try scorer and top point scorer. Obviously, it's just all the goal kickers. Michael Gordon, 275 with William Hill. Cameron Smith, the same. 450, Ethan Lowe, and 650 as well for Jordan Carhu. But that's all the odds and the tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. Brock, if I twisted your arm, the last market here, Clive Churchill in advance. There's an obvious favorite if you had to back it right now with William Hill. It's Cameron Smith at 350. If you had to have a bet right now, who would you say, Clive Churchill? Oh, Slater. Well, you'd get Slater nine. Nine Go scroll down a bit. Scroll down. Mitchell um, Pierce of the Roosters eleven. Munster twelve dollars with William Hill. Yeah, if I was going to back a Roosters player, I'd back the halves. Uh, Kiri and Pierce. Kiri would get you seventeen dollars. If you think uh, someone from the Cowboys could slide just, through, you look at Melbourne because I just think Melbourne are going to win it. Yeah, just keep going. Tohu One Harris. of the back, back rollers. Tohu Harris. Uh, mm. Obviously, some, Felice Cafusi, $34. Jesse Bromwich, $26. Cameron Munster's one I'd have a roughie on. Clive mm. Churchill, $12 if he was there. Smith, $350. They're not guaranteed to even be in the game or win the game. Yeah, I know. But this, 350. Is, this is betting. You can bet on absolutely everything. And William Hill offers. Yeah, I guarantee you, if, if they make the grand final, we get better odds on the day than 350 for him to be Clive Churchill. Yeah, you'd think so. Man of the match. Like 350 now. No way. Don't touch that. You get better odds on the day. They'll push it out. People will back other other players, and you'll get more value. On well, I Smith. think the shortest one. No I'm one's backing Smith at three fifty. Surely, I'm not. No way. I think I'd be looking, like I said, Munster or a Slater. And if I was going to pick a forward, uh, it'd probably be somebody like a Bromwich to have a big. How many game. times did he win um, Man of the Match in the Origin Series this year? Once, I think. In only, game three. only the third game, I think. So I think Gagai got their players player internally twice, yeah. and he obviously got. All right. In the series, no, I'm but saying, like, obviously he's the best player on the comp. Yeah, hundred percent. I just don't. The odds stink. But that's the NRL gossip, and that's all your tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. The last thing we're going to do here, just a quick preview of these two games: Broncos and Storm. Obviously, Boyd and Pungai Junior come back in helps out because they're going to need all the middle help they can get. So yeah. if you've got Pungai. You got SASA off of Hengali. That definitely helps out because starting with Blair, obviously, and the couple of guys they do, I think that's the big weakness for Brisbane, the middle. They did definitely, a great yeah. job last week, but they're going to get a much bigger test this week against a Melbourne side that has mm. a lot more deception, especially inside 20 if they get opportunities, and I think they're going to roll a lot better. You've got Smith, Munster, Cronk, Billy Slater to account for. They can shift to both edges. Harris, Felice Cafusi, Scott, Chambers, the two wingers, it's going to be coming from absolutely every part of the field. And players like a Nick Arima being on the front line, if Benji gets to play again and start and 
he's put under pressure. I think there's some spots there that Melbourne can really, really expose. And I think you're it's going to take see, a big effort from the Broncos to roll Melbourne. You're going to see a big class difference in this game. Mel, if Melbourne turn up, they get even share of possession, they're disciplined, their pace is going to be too much for Brisbane. And they're going to be relentless. They've had the week off. They're going to be fresh. They're going to be fit. They're going to be fast. Uh, dry track, I think the weather looks okay down in Melbourne. Preliminary finals, I think, if you look back traditionally, um, apart from a few that they've just stunk up the storm, they, they, they almost put in better performances in the preliminaries than what they do in the grand final. So, Well, the Warriors game is the late on egg, the radar. Yeah. But again, that was the year after the salary cap. With, you know, They didn't have a lot the, of str- the best it, yeah. side, to be honest. They had yeah. a big year. Uh, the one against the Cowboys, again, I didn't think they were the best side in the comp. And they just, got dominated. just go and watch the Broncos-Panthers game on pause. Uh, sorry, on mute, without sound, and just watch it. And whenever Penrith really got rolling, Brisbane just couldn't... The pace of... No, but they also, couldn't handle Penrith's pace. But, so what I'm saying is yeah, that when... Melbourne are a better side than Penrith. Oh, and again, inside... And they're going to generate ruck speed a lot inside easier. Inside 20, 34 tackles, and what did you come up with? Absolutely Melbourne, zilch. Melbourne, Melbourne won't up. need 34 tackles inside 20 to come up with points. It'll be 30 points if they give right. that many to Melbourne. And again, the, the big weakness is one of Melbourne's strengths, which it hasn't been over a period of time. You've got McLean, Bromwich, the other Bromwich, Felice, just all the forwards, Harris, Nelson. I think that's huge, and Smith, obviously. So, uh, well, There were some things to take out of that Parramatta game in that oh, Melbourne's patience I think your Thidays, your Maguires, they, if they can niggle Melbourne, get stuck into them, try and unsettle them. Mm. Uh, they dragged a few guys kind of into it and... Obviously, kick pressure was a big thing. I've said it a million times and not enough teams do it. I bomb Ado Car and yeah. I pressure Ado Car severely because he does have an error in him. Um, but overall, there's a lot has to go right for the Broncos. They have to be error-free, but they also have to move the football and they have to hold the middle. So if you had to pick, not so much an exact score, but Melbourne, if you're going to pick Melbourne or Brisbane, what do you reckon? What's the game prediction? Uh, score? Oh, just in general, like say Storm by this much. You don't have to give me the exact score if you want to do it that way, but I, I reckon... I'd say Storm by 12. I think Brisbane will give a good account of themselves, but I think the Storm will be clinical and get away with it. I would say 12 Storm... 12 to 18. Storm by 10 is what I'm going to be going. So mm. I wouldn't say quite 13 plus, but like you've said in the past, generally prelims, if they get the job done, they get a job done well at home, but I think this is a bridge too far for Brisbane. And I think they've done very well to get to this point again with injuries and some of the changes in their spine. Uh Roosters Cowboys. I won't be sad to see Brisbane get knocked out, to be honest. Yeah, well, Roosters Cowboys. I think it's the same old for the Cowboys. They stick to what they've been doing. Complete. The outside backs have been fantastic coming out of yardage. Tamalola obviously lays a great platform, but all those other guys are chipped in. I think Bolton's had a great year, mm. Asiata, etc., and all that. But they're going to have to stick to what they've done best. High completions, good kicking game by Michael Morgan. He's got to take his chances. Well, we know what they're going to. You know what they're going to do. Yeah. Right? So it's more about what the Roosters can bring. If the Roosters bring their best game, they win. Well, the question is, can you I'm at least gambling get on those 60 odds? Minutes? Yeah, I'm gambling on those. Well, on the odds, I don't like the odds. Uh, and I'm just gambling that they're going to have an off night. And enough of an off night to be bring the Cowboys into the game. I love the style of footy they're playing, the Cowboys. Uh, I love the form that uh, Michael Morgan's in. I think they've got the best forward in the comp. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to take a punt on them winning this game. And I think they've got the tools there to do it. You complete, they complete over at eighty. They're you know they're roundabouts in the penalty count, uh, and the Roosters sort of make their errors. And well, again for the errors, get a little bit rattled. I, how, who's the pressure on? Oh, it's on the Roosters, exactly. 100%. But I still think yeah. again we've been waiting all year for them to have a bit of performance. I'm expecting it mm. this week. I think Kiri's been great. I think. Looking at the time they played last time, the Cowboys had them, and then the second half, the big difference was the forwards. The Roosters, the second half, and they played, I think, maybe round 20 or 21. 
they were on top. And then the second half, Tokiaho, Rhea Hargraves, Napa just started whacking them. They could not get out of their own end, the Cowboys. They just yeah, got dominated. I think, I think so. the Cowboys are in better form now than what they were oh, then. I'm not saying they're not, but the forward pack in that game ended up being the big difference. So I think this weekend <laughs> comes down to the discipline of those forwards and obviously that side of things as well. Rhea Hargraves, Napa. Tokyaho, Cordner, they got class all over the park, and you would expect they could win. 22-16. But we haven't seen it all year. At Allianz. Yeah, and they were down at halftime, and that to come back. The I'd Roosters. expect a similar score. So so if you had to make a prediction, I'm going to say Roosters by eight. Uh, I'll say Cowboys by less than six. Yeah, but errors. But penalties. if the Roosters win, I think Cowboys will give up the ghost. I'm not saying they're going to quit, but if the, yeah, sort of the Roosters, I think they might get a late try or two, and it, it could blow out 13+. plus. Well, if they find... The Cowboys will compete the whole time. Like we said, every game's kind of been like a 20, 15-minute period where they've blown up, and then they've just shut down again mm. and killed themselves. If they can find even a full half of good football, 60 minutes, look out. Yeah. They could tear anyone to pieces, but there you go. Brock... Has what about the- charity bet? I think try win. I think Melbourne, Vunny. What would that be? Be zilch. He's dollar thirty, and he's the first try scorer. He'd be about a buck eighty. You really better off setting the money on fire. Okay. You'd have to pick a back row or somebody else if you want to get any value. Uh, I honestly think Roosters one to twelve, and maybe something with Melbourne. Okay, we'll talk about it off here. But yeah, charity bet a bit more to look at with the odds. Not exactly being that great, but that wraps us up for another week. We'll have Mister Gossip. Back on uh, for the grand final show, and well, I'm pretty sure. Well, we're trying to look in Kenty. We're trying to sort a time out, obviously. Um, we'll probably have MJ, I suppose. Yeah, we'll try and get MJ on for a quick preview as well. I haven't yeah. had him for the most part of the year, but yeah, Kenty, we're just trying to sort out a time list. So fingers crossed we'll have the big preview with yeah. a couple of people. It'll be three next. years in a row, like it's tradition now. He's got to come on. 100%. But uh, that wraps us up. Thank you for all your questions. Much appreciated. Big thanks to Richmond Residential and obviously William Hill. .com for helping us out as they do every year. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. And thanks for them supporting our charity account and our charity, the Great Walk Foundation. You can check them out on Twitter or their website, www.greatwalkfoundation.com.au. Two games on the weekend. All paths lead to the grand final. Who's going to be the premiers in 2017? We will find out in over a week's time. But this weekend, prelim finals, the final series has been absolutely outstanding so far. Fingers crossed that trend continues and fingers crossed we're not talking any negatives after the weekend and only about the quality of the football. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 